Broadcasting from Manchester in the United Kingdom, this is the Aaron Meta and Harry Dyer Show. It is the 23rd of August, 2015. You're listening to the Aaron Meta and Harry Dyer Show on this wonderful Sunday. And uh, I want to say I'm Aaron Meta and also welcoming Harry Dyer once again. Yes, it's uh, good to be back again. Good to be back yeah. after my uh, my week away. Yeah. But, how, um, how was your holiday? Back. Oh, it was great, yes. Devon was uh, beautiful. Um, we were in Ilfracoom and uh, just enjoyed some quality QT time uh, by the beach, eating nice fresh fish and uh, just enjoying doing a lot of very little. Yeah, it's... Uh... So it sounds really enjoyable, actually. Uh, and also, um, just to let you guys know, uh, I'm also going to be on holiday as well, which is going to be uh, next month, but uh, we'll get into that uh, in a little while. But uh, I thought just for the intro, I thought maybe we should uh, probably get this out of the way, and that is that, uh, uh, Harry, we have actually hit over 1,200 downloads on the uh, Liberated Syndication since we started in December. That's pretty amazing. Yes, yeah. that's, uh, that's really good. Uh, do tell more. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I want to thank all the. Uh, you know, last week we did the Hey Arnold uh, Jungle Movie uh, update uh, episode uh, yet uh, last week, and uh, unfortunately that means now that we missed out on like three weeks of news. So we're gonna have to call, we're gonna have to catch up all on it uh, on this. Uh, episode of the show but uh, the last week's show was actually our highest rated show on um, Liberty Syndication and Mixcloud combined it did unfortunately rank to the top which uh, the Christmas special did which I did with Craig Bartlett but uh, we did really well and uh, so we did 200 downloads um, on average uh, last week so and it's uh, still going pretty strong at the moment so but now we've kind of hit like our, our milestone if you will so we got these 1000 downloads and on top of that uh, the great thing that uh, they get us as uh, being part of this podcast is that uh, we actually get to see all like the uh, the geographics about so you know uh, whereabouts people are listening what they're listening on and things like that so i thought it'd be really cool just in the intro just to share that with everybody so uh, uh shall i go through it all and uh, tell you what tell us harry what's um who, who people are listening and uh, how many people are yeah. listening in which particular parts of the world uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's this, this stuff sounds fascinating. And uh, yeah, I know it's kind of boring to kind of start off the show with facts and figures and things like that, but uh, <laughs> I just find stuff like this fascinating. So um, this, this is great because right now, uh, I actually did post this uh, on the Facebook page uh, a couple of weeks back. But uh, Harry, do you know we're actually listened to in over 30 countries? 30 countries? Yes, and in wow. over 100 yeah. regions of those countries. Wow. So I, I'm guessing, obviously, England... And America, just because we've had American guys on before. Uh, uh, let's think. Uh, Hungary is that is that on there? Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it is, but uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go through all the countries uh, from uh, from alphabetical order. Basically, it's uh, Australia, the Bahamas, oh. Belgium, <laughs> Brazil, Canada, Colombia, Ecuador, Finland, <laughs> France, Germany, Guatemala, India, <laughs> Ireland. Japan, Mexico, other regions, which I, I don't, I, I didn't realize the Earth had genitals. Uh, Philippines, <laughs> um, the Russian Federation, Singapore, South Africa, Spain, Sweden, Ukraine, the United Kingdom, the United States, Venezuela, and Vietnam. Wow, that's pretty. I mean, we've gone global. Yeah, in Japan, that's that's really impressive. Like yeah. in Australia as well, like other side of the world. Mm-hmm. That's uh, 
Wow, yeah. It'd be cool uh, if any of those people are listening. You know, if you want to give uh, some feedback to us, we'd be most appreciative of it. Tell Absolutely, us how you think yeah. And so, uh, so right now, I'll uh, do you want me to give you the? T- I'll give you the top five countries that are currently listening to our show at the moment. So uh, here we go. Um, in joint, uh, in joint fifth, with each having six downloads each, is Belgium and the Philippines. Okay. In fourth place is Australia. Right, okay, yeah. In third place is Canada with 65 downloads. Okay, yeah, well, good good on the Canadians. Uh-huh. And in uh, second place with, I should tell you what, uh, Canada has like 5.2.9% uh, of, uh, of the listenership at the moment. Uh, with 16% of the listenership, uh, in second place is the United Kingdom. Second place. Second oh. place, yeah. So uh, to all these uh, United Kingdom fans out there, if uh, you know, uh, if you're wondering why you not get twenty percent of the uh, of the listenership right now, all I can say is you know, blame Canada, blame Canada. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> I really wish I, I had the song there, but I haven't like yeah, it I was yet. Yeah, so. that would have been the perfect time to insert clip. But, yeah, uh, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I haven't got that unfortunately. But uh, also, and uh, this is probably going to be the obvious one. But in first place, with eight hundred and seventy-five downloads, with seventy-one point twenty-five percent of the li- of the listenership, is the United States of America. Ah, uh, USA, 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 <laughs> and uh, so, and region-wise, uh, I'll I'll give you a breakdown of uh, the top regions that are currently listening to us, and that is that uh, it is Ontario in Canada with fifth place. In fourth place is Texas in the United States. In uh, in third place is Greater Manchester in the United Kingdom. Mm -hmm. In uh, with 149 downloads in second place is Washington in the United States. Now, before everyone says, "Oh, a District of Columbia, Washington D.C." No, Washington State. And right. so that's the that's the difference between you know DC and uh, Washington. So this is Washington State we're talking about. And in first place with 173 uh, downloads is uh, California. In the United right. States, California, California, yeah, and so uh, we we are so apparently we are very popular on the West Coast. Well, yeah. well, that's uh, well, uh, well, well, that's good. Which we, is surprising we, we, because we I have break. a lot, of, I have a lot of friends and family actually in New York. So uh, I'm really surprised the East Coast isn't uh, pulling in the uh, in pulling in the listeners, but uh, we're not. Yeah, that we're not lighting them up as well. Well, yeah, we, yeah. we clearly have to try pandering more to the. Uh, <laughs> To the New York audience, so yeah. what, what can we talk about? Um, what well, the New Yorkers like, apart from like really expensive shit? Um, uh, I, I don't know, really. I think, uh, I mean, I used to broadcast could, to. Uh, we could do a bit more sort of product placement or advertising <laughs> or something in the show. That, that I don't, I don't know, but uh, I'm sure you know. Anyway, we do get people listeners in New York. We had like about 37 downloads, so uh, you know, all all the guys in New York, thank you very much. So. Uh, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's it's been really fascinating to watch. Also, one thing I also found interesting was uh, what people are downloading on. So uh, for those of you who download on Stitcher, you know uh, that that yeah, I was amazed that we actually got onto Stitcher. So uh, you know, I'm really happy about that. And people are downloading for that as well. But so what people seem to be downloading the most from are you know those Chrome and those M- Mozilla add-ins you get for your browser. Um, yeah, yeah. Some people are downloading from there, and uh, so on the Chrome browser you can get like a podcast player. So people are listening on that, and on the, the Mozilla Firefox you can listen to podcasts on there as well. But obviously the most dominant one, and this is probably going to be no surprise, but it's uh, iTunes or Apple Core Media, aka iPads and uh, iPhones and stuff. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense as well. So. Well, I, I like the idea that like uh, there could be somebody either in. You know, California or Colombia 
or Guatemala sitting on a train listening to us talking about our thoughts and opinions on the 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 plights and joys of the world. Yeah, I tell you what, it's uh, it's just it's just it's just mind blowing, really, of how you know how much we've come along in technology and the fact that now you know even the most uh, you know even the most remote of areas can now listen to us, and uh, you know as long as you have a signal on your phone or something like that, or if you have access to to, to the internet, you know you can get us. So you know it's uh, it, it's absolutely amazing. I never thought in you know in my terrestrial broadcasting days, you know when you you know you and I were on North Manchester FM, weren't we for a, for a while, yes, so. well, yeah, yeah, uh, and I remember it got it got to a point with that one. I loved I loved my time there. It really taught me a lot about broadcasting and yeah. like you know and this, and the sort of the discipline that goes with it. But like I remember when it got to the point where I was like, there's literally just like I think my family listening now. So whenever I was giving sort of shout outs and stuff, I think it got to a point where I was saying, oh, it's okay. There's there's nobody listening, so I don't need to worry. And even yeah. if there is, no, but no one's going to write in and say anything, you know. But yeah, it's pretty cool the idea that you know. I could be making one of my many hilarious quips and someone in South Africa is uh, laughing his socks off. <laughs> yeah, that's just it. It's just thinking about that as well. It's like, you know, there's a whole like world just laughing, you know, along with us, which is uh, which is sure. amazing. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I thought I'd just get that out of the way because, you know, it's uh, been an amazing couple of months and, uh, you know, we're actually going to be heading into uh, December where we officially, I mean, Harry didn't, put, you didn't become a, like a permanent uh, uh, fixture on the, on the show. Uh, until probably you know, a couple of months ago but uh, now we're going to be reaching you know when we reach december it's going to be like our year's anniversary if you will but uh you know it's so it's going to be it's going to be interesting you know see where we are you know in december and uh, how many downloads we're getting and stuff so uh, cause yeah man well yeah. i mean having said all this it would be uh, it'd be interesting if um in future shows i mean we can obviously talk about this afterwards as well but like obviously if we've got people of the world listening we will have to sort of take on more of those worldly topics and uh, you know and certainly with talking about our nostalgic you know cartoon gaming days like people around the world of course would be able to relate to things like that you know most people i would i would think or i would hope have uh, grown up with and loved things like hey arnold so well, when we talk what, about it, all of our yeah. listeners, I mean, one thing I've always said is, is that, uh, you know, if you send us something, you know, when we consider it, you know, that everyone needs to know about it, then we'll talk about it. So, you know, yeah. it's, uh, mind you, just do, don't be too disappointed if the opinions you get aren't uh, what you were hoping for. So, you know, because at the end of the day, people have different ideas about things. So, uh, Bye. Uh, Bye. yeah. So, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you know, you talked about the worldwide perspective that you were talking about before, but uh, I've got to be honest with you, with our first topic that we've got i just felt i felt like it impassioned to really kind of discuss this you know when i saw it this morning and uh, that yeah, is that uh, the bedroom absolutely. tax the mm-hmm. awful awful bedroom tax and you know i really don't understand how people can defend this when you hear stories like this you know when you hear about you know there's been stories where you know, uh, military personnel have gone off to fight in Iraq and Afghanistan or have gone to uh, help out in some way, shape or form. And then you hear about the mother being left behind with uh, the bedroom tax. It's like, you know, you wonder, it must be, how do you comprehend being loyal in that situation? You know, when you hear stories like that to your country, when, yeah. you know, you have situations like this where, you know, you have uh, army personnel's families having to give up their houses because of this, uh, you know, this kind of this stab in the back, really. It's just, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, ever since the bedroom tax being brought in, I can't think of any single person, apart from the people who made it, 
saying, you know, this is actually going to be a good thing for us in the long run. It just seems to have, you know, pushed people even closer towards the poverty line and uh, just seems to have brought nothing but grief. I, I can't believe that we've still got it. Like, surely now, and certainly after this story, you know, you would hope that, um, you know, it might, certainly if we're going to be talking about issues for, you know, the official opposition to take on at some points in the future, this has got to be in there somewhere. You know, I can't think of any, you know, if you were to put to the prime minister or to any of the the many cronies who came up with the bedroom tax, like if you put them on the spot and said, so, you know, in in just a minute, could you tell us why this is good for people? And yeah. I guarantee you would get a minute of pure, unadulterated bullshit. Yeah, it's just like, uh, oh, mind you, isn't that what we're getting with politicians now? It's just you know, all, you know, complete and you know, it's 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 almost it's McDonald's style, you know, uh, populism that we're that yeah. we're getting out of there now. It's like you know, they take a look at the polls, they take a look at what their spin doctors are saying to them, and saying, well, you know, say this and say that, and people will love you. It's like, yeah. you know, and, uh, but, you know, everyone, but now we're, you know, unless you are really dejaded from society, you know, people aren't falling for that no more. And, you know, that's the reason we're getting, uh, which we're going to talk about a bit later on. But I just want to go back to uh, addressing this, this. And that is that uh, this is a story, right, about a man from Merseyside who has cerebral palsy. And get this right. He used to have a house which would allow him to uh, be able to bathe, um, you know, unaided with, you know, like a, like a walk-in bathroom and things like that on the, on the ground floor, which was uh, funded by the council. But because um, his sisters moved out of the house, because, you know, we're all, you know, uh, uh, you know, as our human rights, we're all allowed to, uh, you know, go and live our lives, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and not be, you know, shackled to anything, even though, you know, uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying that in a, uh, in a, like a despicable way, I'm saying that in a, you know, a realistic way, people go on and move on with their lives. You know, now that these two uh, sisters were no longer in the house, they were charging this uh, poor fellow, uh, up the backside in bedroom tax, and it got to the point where they could no longer afford this um, this this house that was specially built for him. So they ended up moving into this bungalow, right? And now, uh, in order to, uh, I mean, this happened for like two years. You know, it doesn't happen now, thank God. But uh, they ended up in a situation where they had no facilities in order to uh, bathe this poor individual, and they ended up in a situation where they had to get a paddling pool in a living room, and you know, you know, bathe this guy with a bucket. Mm, it's just like, like, yeah, like almost like a, like a, I don't know, like an animal, you know, and it's and. Isn't that what you do with your yeah. dog? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when the dog's been out, you do stuff like that. And the fact that they've reduced, you know, a human being to that level, um, yeah, it's just shocking, shocking that that sort of thing is going on and that nobody seems to sort of want to take accountability for it. You know, yeah. you know, um, and you know what amazes me about this whole situation is that we know when I posted it up on Twitter, you know, like I got the uh, I got the usual suspects, you know, retweeting this, which you know all had like you know the, the Jeremy Corbyn for Labour leader, you know, uh, uh, images on for their for their mm-hmm. Twitter accounts. But you know, it's like there's not what you know out of all the conservatives that follow me, not one person responded to it. Yeah, at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's that it, that's kind of the. The behaviour 
that you or the, <laughs> the well the response or the non-response you expect from anyone who's a sort of professed conservative lover i it's very odd like the conser- the lovers of conservatives don't tend to sort of stick their heads above the parapet that often uh except when uh jeremy corbyn comes into the picture but i believe we're going to get onto that later anyway well, but, we will like, do yeah but you know what it's like i would really love to hear a conservative voice defend this and yeah. say that you know oh yeah it's perfectly acceptable to uh, put a man uh, to bathe a man with cerebral palsy in a in a kiddie paddling pool in his but in his bungalow which is unequ- unequipped for him yeah somebody exactly. defend that for yeah. me i dare someone to defend that for, for me so sorry well, to defend that yeah but i mean I, from having read that story and read some of the sh- the responses um from you know sort of like the the council um from um you know, MPs uh, from the benefit system. Like it, it, it just seems like nobody's kind of stand, standing and going. Actually, yeah, this is really bad. You know, I, I can't believe this is happening. A lot of them are. You know, there was the one. It was saying, "Oh, well, we've given five hundred million to help disadvantaged people." You know, that's the that's the same as like when you say, "Well, I don't know, the churches." you know is should be held accountable for all of these atrocities and they turn around and go yeah but look at all that we've given to charity as if to kind of you know justify yeah like yeah justify it's like well all right well they're you know well they they won't even say well yeah all right they're living in squalor but look at this they don't even say that they just they literally just say well but look at all the good stuff we've done you know don't don't concentrate on the little the little you know that that's just one thing do do you know the worst part about all this is like the media is forced to take these lines because you know obviously because of lofcom legislation saying you have to give a balanced viewpoint on this that and the other so they are they are forced to deal with this tribe in order to, uh, you know, unlike us, you know, we're broadcasting online, you know, around the world. So, you know, we uh, we we don't abide by any other regu- by the, by the, by Ofcom legislation. But yeah. uh, unlike the terrestrial the terrestrial broadcasters do. Mm-hmm. But you know, you um, talk about you know, you know the thing that the media loves to do is, or the media has to do. Sorry, is that they can't. Uh, I mean, they have to basically deal with this tribe that the Conservative Party give them. Because uh, because basically they say you know if you don't then you know you are giving a, a unbiased you're giving a, a biased view and therefore you know uh, we're gonna de- we're gonna deal with you because of that yeah and so you I know mean, but, well the- ignoring the utter uh, the catastrophic uh, stories that we've just talked about just now with people with cerebral palsy you know losing their dignity yeah yeah exactly and he gets and totally so lost not- in translation. Yeah, well, that's it. It's more the thing of going. Hang on, you, you've got to, you've got to be fair. It's like, well, have you been fair to this guy? Yeah, well, yeah. It's like, well, they'll, they'll just turn around and say, oh yeah, we gave this guy, we gave this guy, you know, some some time, but now we have to give the time to the yeah. other side just to be fair. But you know that the fact that so uh, what they, they you know like your your problem is that when they say oh well, we're going to give this guy a chance to respond and you know that they're just moving they're not going to address the topic they're going to say oh well you know where well, that's an individual case and we don't comment on inv- individual cases whereas yeah. like uh, do you remember uh, what should we call it the um, the guy who uh, burned down his house with uh, all his kids inside it. And, oh, uh, God, do you remember yeah, that guy? I, I, he was on the Jeremy Cowell show also a couple of years ago before as well. And yeah. you know how quick were um, conservative supporters? Uh, how quick were they to jump on that and say this is the uh, how the welfare states? This is what the welfare state has created. This case, 
And like, uh, you know, but when yeah. you get someone who uh, dies because the welfare state was withdrawn from him, all of a sudden they say, well, we don't comment on individual cases. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that 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 case in particular was just perfect for them to go, well, yeah, look, look at the, you know, look at look at these people, look at what it's doing to you know this is why this is why benefits are bad because it turns people into things like this and yeah exactly like you say when someone suffers because of it they're not so ready to uh to uh put forth comment yeah. and just to, just to balance this off i mean you know ironically you know where before anyone says oh it's aaron Mezzer and his lefty views his liberal lefty views yada 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 <laughs> first of all you know if i see something that goes wrong in the i mean i've seen a lot of things go wrong in the labor party and we're about to address them in the minute but uh, you know if uh, you know i'm not like pro public sector or anything like that you know i do believe in you know a, ba- a balanced economy and things like that but uh, you know this is injustice we're talking about here yeah, you know, this, yeah. this this is something that could happen to anybody. Yeah, well, it is. You know, I mean, you look at this one case of this guy, but the the fact of the matter is that there's many people, disabled, non-disabled, who are being affected by these taxes, who don't have a voice. You know, I mean, it, it, it's horrible to think that a case as extreme as this is the only thing that sort of gets to... I don't know. Gets to gets to the public eye. You know, I think that the, the the government's very good at kind of sweeping stuff under the rug. You know, I mean, like when they come out with their uh, with their figures and stuff, and they say, well, like what was it we were talking about before? Well, you know, poverty has uh, or unemployment has gone down, but that's because they're making people do loads of voluntary work, and there's not as many people able to sign on because they're either stopping them from doing it or like I say, they're forcing people to do unpaid voluntary work or the zero hours contracts and things. And but on mm. paper, it's like, well, look, un- unemployment's gone down, and it'll be the same with this, with the bedroom tax thing. You know, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, it seems to be it seems to be doing all right, yeah. but then they're the, not. The one thing, showing- I'm, the one thing I'm grateful for is that um, you know the um, I mean, I'm, I have autism. For those of you who do not know, that's the reason I'm really passionate about. You know these stories when I hear about disabled people suffering because you know it's it, it makes me it makes me feel awful because uh, you know obviously I, I I feel myself I fall into that disabled crowd and I feel I I also feel attacked when I when I hear about people being treated badly by you know like this but uh, I mean one thing I'm grateful for is that uh, I have spoken to you know don't get me wrong I do speak to conservative uh, politicians and uh, they do acknowledge you know the one thing I'm grateful for out of all of this whole situation with disabled people that uh, conservative M- MPs you know or conservative politicians don't deny that autism doesn't exist or anything like that I'm glad that 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 is uh, and I know that's not saying much for people with cerebral palsy and other disabilities as well obviously you know there's a long way to go in regards to treating them properly but in regards to uh in regards to like people like myself, I'm just really glad that uh, I fall into that barmer where they say, "Oh well, that guy's got autism. You know, you got to be you. You got to treat him right. You know, you got to treat him you know respectfully and things like that." But uh, right now, you know, I, you know, it's rich for me saying that because I'm able-bodied and everything like that. But for I don't know why, but why has that not translated to people with like physical disabilities or you know people that just need help around the house? I mean, why yeah. is that not trying? Why is why is autism and Asperger's syndrome and uh, disabilities like that when we're apparently supposed to be lagging behind on mental disabilities? Yet, uh, you know, we still have this awful problem with people with physical disabilities. You know, you think that uh, one would have been dealt with before the other. You know, yeah. just the logically thinking about it. But uh, 
Yeah, exactly. And also, as we've talked about before, people who have sort of like emotional difficulties as well, who get overlooked when people just say, oh, you need to pull yourself together. But people have like, you know, anxiety problems and things like that uh, and suffer from, you know, bad, you know, bad bouts of depression and things. And, you know, we've said how they don't seem to really get as much of a look in as they probably should do. Oh, any anyone who says you know well, get over it, you know oh you're depressed, get over it. I mean, you say that that person's a piece of shit. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you, yeah, so you start, basically, you know, if you if you ever think that, you know, take a look at them, take a look at yourself in the mirror and wonder, you know, what would happen if I felt depressed and there was nothing that could bring me back from the be abyss. Mm-hmm. You just yeah. take, just take a look, just just do that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, well, let's move on to, uh, to, to to Jeremy Corbyn and that is that, uh, you know, th- this is a, I mean, I you probably noticed when I was, when I was uh, looking at this is like, I just realized like there's not one particular subject about Jeremy Corbyn that we can really focus on because, you know, this has been going on now for three weeks and, uh, you know, obviously now that people realize that uh, he's having, uh, I don't really want to say the Donald Trump effect, but uh, people are now realizing that he's uh, surprisingly different from the other three candidates that are standing against him. And mm-hmm. uh, he actually might be appealing as a, uh, as a Labour leader. And so with that being said, because he wants to take uh, Labour back to its traditional uh, socialist roots, every single Blairite, every single Brownite, any type of person is trying their best to either directly attack Jeremy Coburn or is too cowardly to admit that they're uh, challenging, wants to challenge Jeremy Coburn on his views and will just snipe him from the, from the wayside. It's like, you know, so, well, what, we've got, like, oh, he's going to turn Britain into Zimbabwe. It's like, you know, we're talking about the later leadership contest at the moment. He's not prime minister yet. Yeah, It's like, you know, let the people decide if he wants to turn Britain into Zimbabwe or not. But, uh, you know, in regards to the later leadership, you know, I'm probably, you know, uh, saying this as, you know, as a a centrist, but, uh, you know, uh, I actually wouldn't mind to see what Jeremy Corbyn would do with the Labour Party, you know, obviously, I'm, you know, it's rich me saying that because I've not liked the Labour Party for many years since since the Iraq War. But uh, sure, you know, yeah. in, in regards to you know Labour having a you know a defined stance, you know, say what you want about Jeremy Corbyn, uh, you know, if he's you know absolutely mad, whether he calls Hamas his friends or whatever, at least he stands you know consistently on yeah. his viewpoints. When you, at least when you talk to him, at least from people that I know who have who have met him, at least he's consistent with what he says, even when it's yeah. popular or not. Yeah. But you know, it's 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 a refreshing change from people like you know Nigel Farage who will say anything in order to uh, get himself into a powerful position, or any of the other politicians for that matter uh, that will get themselves into uh, you know want to get themselves into a ten Downing Street. Sure, I mean the thing the thing about Jeremy Corbyn, like it's been sort of this this bubbling thing for quite a while now, and. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the points that you've raised there, um, I would certainly agree with. Like, it, it, it seems almost like, you know, of course there's going to be a lot of the conservatives, uh, the opposition sort of having a dig. But also now we appear to have um, even some Labour supporters having a go at him. But you find that the majority of those are, as you say, the Blairites or the Brownites who are from that particular breed or that era of Labour, as you say, because I, I, I think just because we've had these years of Conservatives, you know, I think sometimes I forget, and I can't believe, uh, you know, but I forget about the fact that, 
when Labour were in for as long as they were and some of the, the things that Tony Blair did. But, I mean, I've, I've said this so many times on this show that, like, you know, the Blair era was, you know, it started off as the thing, you know, famously there was the, the song about things can only get better and a lot of people thought that. And But then Blair ended up becoming more of a conservative than the conservatives were you know and this sort of like neo labor almost um that was pretty much on par with what conservatives are like now i mean the conservatives um sort of haven't really i mean they've tried to hide the fact that they are a bunch of tossers um you know whereas ukip never even bothered you know and like um labor i think because it was under that uh, Labour banner, a lot of people, it, it took longer to cotton on. And certainly, as you say, when it came to the, the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, um, that was when people really opened up because it was, it, just, it was one of the times where, you know, I was quite young at the time. And I remember, more than anything, the, the overwhelming sort of... Uh, voice of the people which was we don't want to go to war we don't want to go to war there has to be another way around and then oh, you know, down- mill- millions of people marched yeah, and uh, exactly. they were you know pretty much cast aside and it was probably the worst thing that probably happened to democracy in a good yeah. long time because it put a lot of people off thinking you know oh well if i protest this you know nothing's gonna nothing's gonna happen anyway yeah, exactly. so i reckon i mean it's part of me that believes that that still hangs around in history, and that's the reason why you know the uh, the People's Assembly protests. You know, and I, I to be honest with you, it's not just. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of problems with the People's Assembly, but uh, I mean, one part of that is probably the reason why they don't get you know the millions of people out there themselves is because basically you know they feel that you know going outside and protesting is not going to do anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't get me wrong. I I felt like that many times, certainly with the government as it is now. I just have the feeling that if you went to them with any kind of protest or qualm, that they just wouldn't care. Like I remember being in London not long ago, and they were having a massive protest outside. Uh, I think it was an austerity protest outside, literally outside Downing Street. And I remember thinking, because they tried to get me to go and join them, they were handing out like banners and things to people, and unfortunately I couldn't. But I remember thinking, if... If David Cameron is even home, like, is he really going to care? He's probably just going to draw his curtains, switch his music up and think, ooh, what am I going to spend all my millions on this afternoon? You know, he, they, so... Or spend the afternoon in Nando's and go watch a film. Yeah, like, you know, exactly, They'll be gone yeah. when he comes back. Yeah, of course. And that's another thing about you know these protesters as well. It's like you know they're not exactly the you know the Tiananmen the T, well, not Tiananmen Square, but uh, oh, what's the uh, they're not they're not the like the Egyptian protesters where like you know they'll pitch up tents and stay all night. It's like yeah, you know yeah. uh, they, you know like uh, they they don't seem and also on top of that, how many times have we seen these protesters come up, come up with like uh, their you know their signs, but then you see them like you know talking about you know how evil capitalism is, but they're like wearing designer clothes and uh, you know uh, typing typing things out typing tweets out on their iPads. It's well, like you know it's uh, there's just uh, I mean don't get me I, wrong, it's like there are legitimate reasons to protest David Cameron, but you know if you're gonna be you know legitimate in a way, at least be consistent. Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've heard people say this before about, like, you know, the people who were protesting against 
um, like you say, capitalism and stuff. And then people say, oh, well, but then they go over and they buy Starbucks coffee or something. I just think that, you know, I think if people are protesting against, um, you know, some of the, the ideologies behind it, then I don't necessarily have a problem with them sort of having a coffee or having a phone or something. You know, I mean, that that doesn't necessarily bother me. If they're if they're standing up against something, you know, that that they think is wrong, then fair dues. I mean, it's not it's not completely sort of. Uh, betraying the cause so to yeah. speak but it's like for um, me it's like you know uh, obviously i've been uh, i mean we've had the palestinian solidarity campaign uh, on a, few, a couple of times to talk about a couple of things and have a couple of debates and uh, at least then it's like you know when they're protesting against like companies like hp it's like you know at least they're saying oh well, we're not going to buy hewitt Packard uh laptops and things like that because obviously you know it's been you know they have, they're currently doing you know, mil- have military contracts with the state of israel and mm-hmm. things like that. So at least you know, at least then you see some kind of consistency in there. But in regards yeah. to uh, you know, uh, you know, anti-capitalist or uh, you know, some of the uh, you know, it's just uh, the the one the ones that are consistent. I do like the ones that uh, you know shoot themselves in the foot, and I mean shoot themselves in the foot. I mean it's like uh, you know, you, you, it's draw, it's just laughable to try and see them walk after they've done it. Well, it's I mean, like, for me, know. like the, the people like that tend to be uh, people like I don't know Bonner or Sting. You know, like I remember the the, the clip of. Sting I did another thing. Listening to U two on the U two on their on their iPhones while uh, protesting anti capitalism. So yeah, yeah, yeah they're all, almost <laughs> almost at the point where I can't sympathise. But like, yeah. no, like so, yeah, someone like Sting when he was on Newsnight and he was talking about like you know saving the rainforests and all that. And I think Jeremy Paxman said something like, "Oh well, you know, what about the the five houses that you own? You know, and that you're not always there." Uh, you know what kind of a carbon footprint is that leaving on the planet? And Sting literally, like I've never seen somebody be more kind of lost for words or with any kind of comeback, and seeing him sort of squirming. You know that that's the kind of thing where I think, yeah, you just need to, you know, bugger off. But yeah, like, like, you, like you, you get, I say, when you, uh, you when Sting was getting uh, asked that, you know, really awkward question, you could just hear in his mind basically just saying curses. Oh, that is, <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's like uh, they've caught me out. Yeah. What am I going to do? <laughs> but, I, uh, but to just sort of go back to uh, Jeremy Corbyn again for a minute. Um, yeah, like you said, whether 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 you like him or not, uh, whether you agree with everything he says or not. I mean, this is the thing. Like, you're never going to a hundred percent agree. Uh, agree, sorry, with everything. That somebody says there is no such it's thing. It's not necessarily as agreeing person. with him. It's like it's it's like having some kind of respect to, for him for in a degree. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna I, when Jeremy Corbyn becomes Corbyn becomes leader. I'm not gonna vote for him. You know, it's like my, I'm not I'm not gonna vote Labour because of uh, your know, Jeremy Corbyn because I don't believe you know for the things that he stands for. But uh, not only it's not everything, and uh, but um, I mean at least you know I can respect him to a degree far more than I can with Nigel Farage because at least you know Nigel Farage isn't going to take a look at the newspaper and then just spout a load of, uh, you know, uh, half-truths and lies, you know, yeah. to uh, to get himself a couple of votes from, uh, you know, uh, low-educated voters. Whether yeah. Jeremy Corbyn is, go- Corbyn is going to basically stand his ground, argue it to the best of his ability, and uh, at least then I can turn around and say, well, I'm not going to support you, but at least I respect you to a, to a, uh, at least I respect you to a degree where you actually stood for something. 
Yeah. Unlike the other but, three I mean, candidates who don't who don't appear to stand for anything except for uh, you know uh, maybe a lighter version of uh, what the Tories believe in, and uh, with a little bit, with a tiny bit of socialism just to basically keep people on side. Yeah, well, so out of interest, then, like obviously, if if the other Labour candidates are sort of you know like you say watered down Tories with a few sort of good nuggets thrown in there, Jeremy Corbyn seems to be you know more of a consistent person. Um, but yet you say that you wouldn't sort of vote for them. I mean, who, if it came to the next election, who would we vote for? That's a good question, actually. And uh, mind you, yeah, the problem is, is that you know, like, I live in, uh, I live in a constituency. I don't want to say which constituency I live in, but uh, I mean, I know I probably mentioned it in the past. But in my constituency, uh, I I live in an area where basically my my vote really only if you know I, my my vote really only keeps it basically only has the ability to basically keep a Tory out really yeah. and uh, you know and it has to be basically a, a certain particular leader unfortunately you know we the first past the post system is uh, you know for me if I, if I wanted to vote for uh, a particular person you know um, who you know really uh, I feel like a, a, went went to a hundred percent of my views you know the likelihood is is that that person was not going to win the election so uh, you know unfortunately we are all forced into this area of tactical voting and mm. uh, so uh, but uh, thankfully I have had a, someone who unfortunately lost his seat you know in the last election who I believe you know okay I didn't agree with him 100% of the time but at least you know when I walked up to him and had to talk with him you know he like, he, like give me like 15-20 minutes to at least listen to what I'm saying and he yeah. always did that with everyone that he met but uh, for me um, you know right now unfortunately we don't live in a um, type of democracy which allows that type of thing you know what annoyed me the most is is that about the is the fact that everyone rejected the AV referendum. Now, I don't agree. The AV, a, AV is not perfect, but at least it would have been a far better change than the first-past-the-post system, which really only allows you to make a decision between red and blue. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's like, so, I mean, yeah, it is a good question, though. It's like, I mean, if I was given the, uh, you know, the electoral system that I wanted and I was given the, uh, you know, if I was given, if that's what I was, if the rules that I was given were allowed, and then you said, okay, then, you know, well, would you vote for Jeremy Corbyn under, under those under those guides? Still probably not. But, uh, so, but, you know, at least I can say, you know, uh, I tell you what, there's a lot of people I do actually respect who are, I would consider enemies, but at least I can say, well, you know, you, you at least you stand for this and I can respect you to that degree. So I can't really say that you're, uh, you know, you're, you're just someone who's craving attention. You know, you do actually, you know, you're not like, uh, you know, uh, Katie Hopkins who, uh, you know, spouses whatever and, uh, you know, other people who only do what they only spout ridiculous views for their, uh, uh, for just attention, really, and to sell a book or whatever. At least I can say to Jeremy Corbyn, uh, I have respect for you to a degree that you know you at least you're consistent with the views of uh, what you believe the Labour, Labour Party should be. So uh, yeah, yeah. You talk about and, politicians not being able to answer questions. Neither can I. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, th- I I've 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 got um, you know I I. Jeremy Corbyn's the first sort of politician who's come along who sort of seems like he, you know, like he wants to at least try and put things right. He wants to try and at least put things in the, you know, in the right direction. I don't think he's really bothered about whether or not he gets the later leadership. I'm sure if he did, he would, he would go to the, he would, he would use that to the utmost 
uh, that it would offer in terms of advantage. Um, again, whether or not he actually won and became prime minister, I, I, I honestly don't think that that would matter to a person like him. I think all he wants to do is put this idea out there that you know we we need to we need to try together to put towards or you know start working towards a country that can provide for everybody not just those privileged few you know i think he you know if anything one of the things it's made me think of is you know a lot of people complain that the country's not you know it's it oh you know the, just the the living is not great for us i think well then we as a as a country should try and work together to create the kind of country that we want to live in and the problem is that the people in charge spend a lot of time and effort kind of almost taking those beliefs away or making you believe that there is nothing you can do because as I say they will just do what they want anyway but I've always said there is more of us than there are of them you know we've talked about in the past how yeah, the problem is they, their, bank, their, their, their bank balances are bigger than ours so uh, that's the reason we uh, we lose out quite uh, you know uh, and that's another thing as well. It's like, you know, can you see Jeremy Corbyn going to, uh, you know, labor, private labor donors and uh, basically saying what he believes in and uh, people taking that to uh, to account? I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. You know, he's going to galvanize. You know, you know what I was talking about before about, you know, we need a coalition of we need a real coalition of the left. Uh, you know, to uh, to oppose the conservatives, and uh, Jeremy Corbyn could be the catalyst of that. He could well, be the one who unifies those people. That's How, it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I like I said, he may not necessarily be the leader himself, but if he plants the idea, he could certainly be the start of the change that the country really needs. So he may not be the one to, you know, wear the cape and cowl, but somebody down the line may indeed take up that mantle because he put that idea out there so you know it's it, again it, it seems to be all the sort of superficial stuff in terms of like who do you want to be the leader and oh i think they're good and then it then the mudslinging begins and it's mm-hmm. i mean for me it's been a shame to see like so many of the labor politicians kind of scuffling with each other again as i've said before whilst the 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 real enemy are currently sat in charge making you know people with cerebral palsy have to have baths in you know paddling pools you know it just seems like a yes yeah. but the problem way, is is that them an, another sort of outlet to go oh well look at this guy this guy's causing a ruckus and they're all arguing it's t- so again people's attention is being diverted to it, but well, the problem is we're in a labor. Le- like the problem these- is this is a labor leadership competition, so there's going to have to be competition amongst the candidates in order to uh, you know to, to espouse. And yeah, I do admit, you know, people are t- the the attacking is is uh, is completely turning people off. I believe and yeah. is leaving the Labour Party in tatters. And yeah. uh, which you know doesn't really bother me because you know I wasn't going to support Labour anyway, no matter what, no matter what goes on. But uh, for you know, if the if the Labour Party really wants to, uh, you know, I think if the Labour Party really wants to um, really appear unified, obviously the attacks need to stop and people need to stop, you know, uh, galving on Jeremy Corbyn in order to yeah. uh, basically bring some bring at least an ounce of respect back to this uh, to this uh, leadership contest and. Uh, you know, because um, you know, at the end of the day, if you keep you know, if you keep attacking him and if you keep being nasty to him, 
the likelihood is he's going to be the leader. And, you know, at the moment, uh, I believe uh, there was a news report going out that some uh, betting uh, bet- there's some betting shops are already paying out to say that yeah. Jeremy Corbyn is going to become leader in September. So, well, that's it. Yeah. you know, I mean, in, in many ways, it, it could be a good thing. I mean, the, the fact is people are ready to do the mudslinging. But again, like you said, Jeremy Corbyn isn't someone who will pander to, to you know, what, you know, he, he's not he's not a panderer. He has his opinions, he has his beliefs, and he sticks by them. Yeah. And again, you know what's going to be great you, about this? And that is that uh, we're, we're, if Jeremy Corbyn does become leader, we I feel that uh, this country for the, you know, uh, which was what, really what was badly needed for the last... 10 years or so, is going to finally have a, uh, a proper debate about, uh, you know, the austerity, about the EU, about, uh, I mean, I know that uh, Jeremy Corbyn's still waiting out to see where, where we go with the negotiations or whether he'll will still be in the EU or not. I think the likelihood is, I think he'll, he'll, he'll campaign to stay in Europe. But, uh, I mean, I feel like we're actually going to have a proper ideological debate, because now we have the Conservatives on the right, we have Jeremy Corbyn's Labour on the left, and I feel that, uh, you know, these two sides are going to and I'm really hoping that uh, we're going to get a clear, a clear indication of where people stand in regards to, uh, and actually be able to listen to both sides of a uh, of a true debate, if you will. Because I feel like the last couple of years, uh, we've had a debate between uh, a Labour Party which uh, is trying to steal from a bit from the Conservative Party and the real thing. Whereas now I feel like we're going to have, actually have a proper ideological debate, I think, in the uh, in the mainstream sphere. I mean, not one that includes the People's yeah. Assembly, not one that includes the Socialist Workers' Party, not one that includes the Greens. An actual proper left versus right, uh, you know, ideological uh, debate between, uh, you know, uh, Jeremy Corbyn and David Cameron, you know, both that represent their sides, I reckon, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I've always been, uh, 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 you know, I've always championed that. Whenever we can have, um, you know, like you say, uh, an, a proper discussion, an intellectual discussion, then that's far better than all of the kind of um, naysaying and name calling. You know, it's 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 kind of worrying about the fact that politics, in some instances, seems to move towards the sort of almost like the kind of celebrity slash reality TV, uh, you know, gossiping, battling things going on. Like you say, when you've got somebody like Katie Hopkins talking politics, I think, what don't, don't even waste our time telling, you know, showing us what that woman thinks because we need to have proper, as you say, proper discussion with people who actually want to do something right, not just somebody who wants to have a little bit of fame. You know, I think any politician who gets into it because because of fame, and it seems weird saying that that any politician would want to do anything for fame, but like it almost seems like sometimes you see these characters pop up, and it's like, ah, you know, are are we on the cusp of that? Are we on the cusp of the politicians becoming a new kind of celebrity? I sincerely hope not. But when you've got people like Obama performing on Saturday Night Live or whatever it was, you know, and don't get me wrong, I've I've not necessarily got a problem with Obama doing that. But like, you know, you want you want the you know you know you want actors and performers to do that. You want the politicians to run the country and make sure that everything's good for everybody. Yeah, you know? I mean, also on top of that, I mean, just to finish this off, I mean, I've got one last thing, which is that uh, Jeremy Corbyn. I mean, if he does get in, obviously he's not going to he he's going to struggle, and I mean absolutely struggle to win back seats that uh, have turned Tory 
over the last uh, over the last couple of years. I mean, he's the the one thing he's probably going to do is uh, secure the base. He's probably going to secure you know very left wing left sided Labour seats. You know those safe seats. Those are gonna those are not going to fall away. But in regards, and also UKIP's going to suffer under this as well because uh, now that they've got somebody who they feel is going to represent working people, you know, Nigel Farage, with his, uh, you know, with all the money that he's got, and uh, you know the uh, the fact that they're pulling in more Tory uh, supporters than they are pulling in anybody else, the fact that there you see that uh, Nigel Farage is going to struggle with, with uh, keeping up with uh, Jeremy Corbyn and basically just saying, you know, oh well, you know the. Uh, the left, you know, is uh, is evil and uh, you know stuff oh, like that as well. Yeah, it's like exactly. you know, uh, Jeremy Corbyn's just going to eat him for lunch. It's like yeah, you know, it's it, yeah. it, it, Nigel Farage. And if Jeremy Corbyn gets in, it's over. Seriously, yeah. go go fight Tory Heartland seats, you know, in order to stay relevant. Because quite frankly, after that, you're you're done. Yeah, you're done exactly. And I think any anyone who can sort of you know <laughs> bring destruction down upon UKIP then you know if if that's justification for them to be in the position of labor leader then you know that should be justification enough to get Nigel Farage to shut his mouth yeah i tell you what uh, you know they say about oh ukip's got like 4 million uh, votes at the last general election it's like yeah well the bnp were popular at one point then look what happened to them because of their uh, uh, there because they you know they eat themselves alive and stuff like that so you know well, don't be bragging about that too uh, too long you know uh, for exactly all those guys yeah out there. exactly it's you know today's newspapers tomorrow's fish paper absolutely so. okay so uh, one thing I want to touch on uh, quite a bit is that uh, you know there's been this uh, craziness that's been going on in uh, the Paris underground uh, recently and that is that uh, there were a this guy tried to uh, walk in with uh, a Kalashkov and uh, eight, about seven or eight magazines of ammunition and start shooting people. And uh, he would have got away with it if it wasn't for uh, uh, three US soldiers uh, starting up, uh, standing there at the time and uh, tackling him to the ground and uh, for fending him off and beating him unconscious. Right. So, uh, yeah, this is, yeah. One, this is one of the rare, rare occasions where a jihadist has failed. So, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 nice when that happens, isn't it? But well, uh, I say they haven't failed quite a lot before. But you know, this is one of the very rare occasions where it's actually been stopped by very heroic people. So uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as you know, we we can you know we sometimes kind of uh, maybe diss the uh, the American soldiers and things like that. It, it, you know, in this instance, anyway, um, you know, you, you certainly can't fault these guys on uh, on what they did in that particular situation you know they did what kind of soldiers are meant to do they they protected the people and stopped the enemy so mm-hmm. you know and uh, but they, they 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 didn't get shot i think one of them just got uh he got a knife wound i think didn't he well so he apparently he pulled out a box cutter and uh, started stabbing people so uh, uh yeah so they overpowered this guy and uh, so apparently they we're learning a bit more about him. Apparently he was uh, a, a Moroccan who uh, uh, I think he was. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure about you know what he was doing there at the time, but uh, uh, they believe he was uh, trying to commit some kind of uh, terrorist atrocity. And uh, thankfully, you know, he wasn't able to, uh, to to get the opportunity to do that. So uh, thankfully, uh, they, he was able to be stopped. So, uh, which uh, you know is you know, is, you know, how many times do we hear do we hear that you know from uh, you know how many people would actually you know stop 
uh, a uh, somebody who was uh, you know running around with a with an with an AK forty seven or some kind of machine gun. I mean, if we remember the M- Mumbai hotel massacre, I mean, it's obviously you know no one was uh, unless all the security forces stepped in. Barely anybody was going to have a go at trying to stop that from happening. But uh. yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? You're you're sort of your your fight or flight you know response immediately kicks in at the sight of danger and yeah you're absolutely right that perhaps if those guys hadn't been there it might have been a different story but the fact of the matter is that you know as as soldiers you know they've been trained to i suppose look danger in the face and not turn and run you know it's it's their job to sort of run head first into battle and take it down yeah. so well, that's, that's, um, the, yeah. that's the amazing thing i've seen heard about u.s soldiers i mean right you know I've, I've seen the negative side of it and i've seen the positive side of it but one thing is that you never you know, once you become a u.s soldier you never stop being a u.s soldier so mm. uh, that's uh and we're very thankful for that so uh i tell you what i really do apologize i can't remember the uh the the names of the people who uh, who saw he was uh, Mr. Sadler, uh, Mr. Scarletos, and Mr. Norman with bravery medals. So, yes, uh, yeah, we've got that that picture there. Um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm just uh, I'm I'm just having a look now. I think it's the uh, the video or something. Yeah. Do you know what it's like, it's like? We praise these three people, but I think there's definitely going to be questions asked of why this guy wasn't picked up, you know, previously. You know? Well, yeah, it's, it's going to be even more. It's going to be even worse if you know, because remember the uh, the guy in Australia who held all those people in that uh, in that cafe, and uh, obviously they had to uh, take him down in uh, in a very messy in a very messy way. You know, uh, the same thing could have happened here. You know, thank thank God it didn't. But uh, um, you know, uh, how it's not, it's going to be embarrassing once again if they figured out. You know, oh well, we knew about this guy. You know. Yeah, we knew he had extreme views, but we didn't bother doing anything about him at all. He's very well. It's always that's far too yeah, late. and it's always well. We just wanted to wait and see if he actually acted and did something, and you know, and that that's I don't know, but it, again, I think we've spoken about this before. It's like where where at what point does the point of intervention come into play? Because like you have the case of if they act early. That people go, oh, you're harassing people. You're, you know, you're you're monitoring people. You're harassing them. But then, if they don't do that, and then these people go and commit these crimes, they go, oh, why didn't you act sooner? Now there's all these people dead. It's sort of like it's a very delicate balancing act. And I've said it before. It's it's just utter, you know. I just think, what what do people want? Do you want to be safe, or do you want, uh, you know, privacy? It's just it, it's it's a very it's a very very fine line very delicate subject and i mean you know i i would always opt on the thing of like i would much rather prefer that no lives are lost in any situation you know uh but then as i say it's like how much of your sort of privacy uh, or how much of people's privacy are we prepared to sort of offer up but I think yeah. if it, I tell you, what, I'm, I'm just reading this now. I'm just reading further into uh, the, the, this guy. Apparently, the guy that they got, apparently he uh, was uh, apparently he was picked up by uh, uh, intelligence services on on three different occasions in three different countries. Wow. So uh, they didn't. Know, they so somebody knew something about this guy. What, what I'm surprised about is um, there's the clip of him there on on the train, and there's a, there's a moment where. Uh, for anyone who's not seen it, I think you can you can view this clip. Uh, there's the guy on the floor after they've detained him, and it cuts to the clip of his bag and the the assault rifle sticking out of the bag. 
how the hell does somebody conceal that and get that onto a train? Well, that's I mean, a- you can say it's a BBE gun. I mean, that's uh, that, that's that's. Uh, I mean, obviously, I know that sounds a bit dodgy, but you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's plausible. Like, you know, he just says, "Oh, it's just, it's just, you know, it's just an air rifle." You know, it's just I'm but going, again, out, to, I'm going even, out to do some air, you know, yeah, some paintballing, you know. So, but can you imagine, like, that would just not happen if you went onto, like, in this country in particular, if you went onto a train or if you went onto the underground with that. Jesus Christ! Whether it was a BB gun or not, they would. I'll be... I tell you what, though, it's like you know, security for me. I mean, isn't as. I mean, it's like it's not like going on an airplane where you know you go through like a metal detector and uh, you know you put your bag through an X-ray machine. I mean, it's not that intense. So, uh, I mean, it is plausible for me to, you know, see someone you know go around with something like that and uh, carry it about. And who knows? Maybe that was just uh, before. He, uh, you know, you know, before maybe he concealed it well, and then just now, then just then it just happened because he hadn't sort of taken it out of the bag. Someone's probably stuck it back in the bag and just say, "Oh, well, you know, uh, there's the bag and there's the gun." Doesn't necessarily mean True. that's where that's what it saw. That's how, that's how it was presented when True. he was going around the train station. He might have hid it in some way, or same or some other way. So, yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's uh, what's it now? It, it all kind of get us uh, get us into the. Um, the, the gun debate again but um yeah that's that was really true but yeah hats off to those guys for stepping in and uh stopping him and uh again just shows you that um that these well the, the one thing know, I'm, I'm worried about is, is that it's gonna have you know we were talking about the gun debate before and that is that uh, it's gonna you know for some conservatives think that you know in a school shooting that they should teach kids to run at the gunman which I think, you know, unfortunately, that's going to come back again. Which has, I'm a bit has, bit. Any, has anyone ever said that? Has anyone ever said, there has been. There been? was somebody who uh, was on a uh, in the media who said maybe we should teach kids to run at gun, you know, run at the shooter so they can overpower him and stuff. Which I think is just you know the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And now oh. that this has happened, it's like you know, uh, which I you know I know what the immediate uh, argument is going to be that for is that are you suggesting that kids uh, are just as equally adapted as uh, people in the U.S. military? Mm. Yeah. yeah it's yeah well yeah exactly and uh it's um yeah i mean <laughs> uh I'm, ju- I'm just trying to comprehend that now yeah, run at the gunman yeah That's run at the gunman a, i mean the, see the thing is like from 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 that point of view if we just sort of water that down for a second um like the I, I know that, that they say, like, you know, in, in a situation if you're being mugged, like, there's people who've said if you actually, you know, if someone starts threatening you saying they're going to mug you, if you actually stand up to a mugger or act scarier than the mugger or, you know, or, like, you know, stand your ground, then in a lot of cases the muggers will kind of bottle it and run away. Um, you know, they were saying that if you, if you turn around you can, you can take people by surprise. But I would always argue on the thing of like, if you if if you're in that situation and the mugger wasn't going to back down either, then you're probably going to end up in a whole world of shit. So in any situation, yeah. it's the sort only, of like, the only you know, way that works is that uh, you know have you seen those uh, CCTV videos of uh, robberies that go wrong? So you have a guy who walks into uh, like a, a like a bargain booze or something like that. They pull out a knife and say, "Okay, give me the money." And then uh, the then uh, the uh, the shopkeeper will like uh, slowly you know go back, and then you'll like pull out like a giant shotgun or something like that, and the the, the you know the robber goes running for his life. You know, there's obviously those. Um, uh, you know, unless you're going to be prepared for that situation, but the likelihood is that if you're on the street 
and uh, someone sticks a knife in your face and says, give me all your cash, what's the likelihood that you're going to just be armed with, like, a giant shotgun, which, you know, uh, looks like <laughs> you could blow his head off with, like, uh, one, one pull of the trigger? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, yeah. No, no standing up to that. Yeah. It's not like Crocodile Dundee, where it's like, you call that a knife. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. This not- is a knife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, we're uh, we're moving away a bit from uh, from the gunmen and the, uh, yeah. the you know kudos to uh, you know the U.S. military for teaching these people because obviously you know uh, the way they te- the way they train them as well. It's like you know you're not just a U.S. Marine in that time. You know you're a U.S. Marine for life. So uh, exactly, yeah. yeah and, uh, another another um, thorn into the the slowly deflating bubble of ISIS, proving that you know no matter what happens, you're not going to break people. People yeah. will. People, you know, you will, you will fade, and they will. So, uh, so anyway, thing. yeah, it does feel a bit like you know, it does fall into that. Uh, it does kind of worryingly fall into that kind of like Captain America kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, like uh, talking and things like that. So, uh, you know, yeah. uh, I do kind of try and drift drift away from that, even though I do appreciate what yeah. our military does, absolutely. Sure. But anyway, um, oh boy, Ashley Madison, hasn't this been a massive disaster for this company? Uh, for the yeah. last uh, last couple of weeks, and uh, you know it's um, and to be honest with you, I mean th- this this is interesting from very many perspectives because yeah, I mean obviously like I mean let's for those of you who don't know what Ashley Madison is, I'm very surprised if you don't by now, but uh, basically it's a website where you can cheat on your wife and or cheat on your uh, spouse if you will, and uh, this website gives you the ability to do that. And uh, so one hacking group had had enough and had said, uh, and actually on top of that as well, Ashley Madison actually charged you about $12 or whatever to remove your data from the, uh, from, from the site. So if you, if you uh, joined the site and, uh, but you didn't have enough to leave, you were stuck there. So, uh, I mean. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, um, it's pretty crazy, isn't it? Like, I mean, I was, when I was reading this story, I was thinking like, you know, okay, so a website basically, kind of like a sort of a dating website for adulterers. Um, now, if a person is, you know, not happy in their marriage, um, you know, they can they can sometimes resort to, you know, doing things like this. I mean, I would always err on the thing of like you should you should always make sure that the person that you're with is definitely the person that you want to be with exactly and so that that's 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 a good start okay if it doesn't quite work out like that and eventually you find that no matter how hard you've tried worked at your marriage relationship that this person just isn't the person that you want to grow old with then at least do sort of the decent thing and go you know what this just isn't working out you know i i i can't do it anymore i think to do the sort of website thing is kind of you know it's it, it's kind of a, a scoundrel's route as it were but you know i i'm i'm not i'm not completely against it you know perhaps it, it you know every situation's different every marriage is different you know it, it could be difficult for someone and perhaps they feel like this well, actually, actually is, I, I wanted to get onto that in a minute but uh, i mean the um the, the one thing that i mean i'll, I'll carry the story along while, while we're talking about it but uh, uh in this uh, organization called impact team who are these bunch of hackers they decided to hack the website and uh, surprisingly got in very easily you know you think a web 
website like this would have like you know you know ironclad protection. Obviously, it didn't, which mm. you know is a shame on Ashley Madison and you know multi-million dollar company. I couldn't bother to buy good firewalls, and uh, so then they just get this data, they pull it out, and now they've exposed it to the entire world. You know, all 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 ten gigabytes of it. And uh, now, so now you can, they are even developing like search engines now to uh, allow you to actually search for the person that's actually been on this website. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I can understand why they did it. I mean, obviously, because, you know, they were charging people to try and get off the website, which, you know, uh, you think is something that yeah, revenge, porn, is... revenge porn would do. Yeah, but that's utter bollocks. Yeah. It is, isn't it? And uh, so I have no sympathy whatsoever for a multi-million dollar company that, uh, you know, already had the means to remove people from websites and didn't need to do additional charges. So, I mean, but at the same time, I mean, let's keep this in mind. Not everybody there was, you know, a cheating scoundrel. scoundrel. I mean, at the end of the day, there were some people who were like in open managers, ma- marriages, some people who are swingers, uh, you know, people like that. I mean, did they really deserve themselves to have their private information exposed to the world? Well, that's it, isn't it? Um, I mean, yeah, any any company that would charge you to end... Uh, or to you know to close a profile or end a subscription or something is uh, you know uh, pretty pretty uh, well yeah it's just daylight robbery isn't it um, yeah. and and certainly yeah I agree that they should that it should have been brought to a, a crashing end just on that grounds alone. However, if there is you know private confidential information there. Um, and like I was saying before, you just don't know. You don't know the individual case or the individual situation. Um, yeah, all right. There might have been some lousy scumbags, you know, cheating scumbags on there who, you know, could have been letting down their families and their wives and or husbands or what have you. But yeah, like you said, there might be cases where it's not like that. There might have been someone who did it in sort of like a midlife crisis moment and thought, God, what have I done? Tried to leave and then couldn't and just sort of left it. May not have touched it for ages. And then they. Exp- I think that's that's kind of, you know, that's in a way undermined what would have been, you know, a pretty meaningful act of hackery. Yeah. Um, but I mean, to, just put, the- to put people's personal information online, I think is not, necessary you know it's the you know if you want to if you want to bring down uh you know a company in their sort of cheating ways then fair dues but to then like you know do that to those people just seems a bit unnecessary really yeah Um, but then one could argue the same way of like you know if they're going online to cheat then that's unnecessary for them to do that to their their loved ones you know but yeah. i mean so you can see both sides of it can't you i mean you can course, see that yeah. you can see the side of you know like uh, yeah these assholes who were uh, you know couldn't be honest enough with their with their so-called partners for life and uh, now they've been exposed in this way and now well, you know the divorce rate is going to go flying through the roof but uh, do you know what was you know surprising about this? Uh, you know Alabama, which is this uh, you know purely Christian supposedly, and this purely you know a Republican state. Do you know out of out of every single state in the United States of America, that Ashley Madison had the highest amount of uh, signed members for Alabama? Mm. So that's, it, that's, th- that's uh, <laughs> oh god. That, that yeah. exposes the hypocrisy, doesn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. That's a hypocrisy. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, on top of that, uh, Ashley Madison now are going to be in a heap of uh, legal legal legislation over that. Not just because of the uh, the Information Commissioner's Office, which is going to, like, uh, you know, probably charge, you know, give them a slap on the wrist for, like, £500,000 for, uh, you know, losing people's information. That's what they've done in the past. But uh, there's now a Canadian lawyer firm that's now going to be suing, uh, doing a class action lawsuit against... Uh, uh, Ashley Madison for a uh, the uh, to the tune of three hundred and sixty eight million pounds. Wow, and that's even that's... more. Say, so, well, that's even more than one million dollars. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty hefty sort of kick in the in the privates there. Yeah, but unfortunately, financially speaking, of but, but you know, like unfortunately, these legal firms, you know, it's like you know, uh, fair play. If there's actually one that's actually you know, uh, you know, maybe involved in like loads of divorces and probably wants to claim some of its money back, uh, maybe I don't know, but so uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know what these lawyer firms are like, you know, when it comes to these things. We've got to have money. And there it was. And there it was. <laughs> it, will, it will never, it will never go away as long as we have people greedy for money. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so but you know that that's uh, that that is been amazing to uh, to to look at really and just see all the fallout of that as well. But mind you, we're not even seeing the uh, the fallouts of the Carphone warehouse hack yet, which uh, you know I know the uh, all the credit card information and stuff's been encrypted, but uh, you know we don't know what algorithms they use to in order to encrypt it. So uh, I mean, there's a lot of I hate to say it for a lot of people, but there's going to be a lot of chaos out there. I yeah. think uh, that's uh, still yet to be wrought. It's the, you know, it's kind of the, the, the future of cyber terrorism, I suppose. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty small scale in comparison. But yeah, if you think about what a simple thing like that can do, you know, you just imagine that what people may do at some point in the future. Yeah. But, but let me just say this to all the de- all the companies out there that store this data: encrypt your fucking servers. For yeah, God's exactly, sakes, yeah. encrypt your fucking data. It's yeah. like, you know, I'm speaking it's as an like IT technician here, not just some, you know, ranting, raving radio presenter. You know, this is what you should be doing in the first place. You yeah, know, it's like... Exactly. Put the locks on your doors. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just, you know, it's it's just, uh, you know, I, you, know you, you see smaller firms, right, spending thousands if not hundreds of thousands of pounds you know putting in source source of security mechanisms in order to protect their you know very small amount of profit that they'll probably get for you know for being a small company and here's these large you know uh, corporations that can't even you know uh, spend out you know a couple of hundred pounds for a decent firewall or you know some decent encryption or some decent uh, stuff you know it's like it's just it's pure greed isn't it yeah, yeah it really is yeah. oh my yeah. god anyway uh we're kind of moving okay, so we're kind of switching gears quite dramatically here with this one but uh, um, have you ever heard of uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver of course yes I believe we've talked about it many times on this show I believe so and uh, so uh, recently he did uh, an expose on uh, have you ever seen these uh, prosperity preachers or the TT televangelists televangelists yeah these guys who go on telly and they basically tell you um if you ring up now and make this donation of you know 49.99 then god will cure this or help you with this but if you make a donation of 69.99 then god will do this this and this and if you send in a thousand dollars then god is literally going to build you a new house you know it's all bollocks but yeah uh yeah i've seen programs like that before 
Yeah, and uh, if you send one million dollars, Doctor Evil will build you a giant uh, death ray on the moon, and uh, then uh, <laughs> that'll guarantee I... you'll go to heaven. Yeah, I was going to say, well, if you send a million dollars, you could have a member of your family resurrected. Yeah, you know, so, for, it, for a day. <laughs> basically, it's a, like, it's, uh, apparently they call it, like, you know, uh, sowing seeds or whatever, and uh, apparently it's so that, you know, if you keep putting your money into this uh, this hack, he will basically guarantee that you will not go to hell. <laughs> That's basically how it works. It's, so, it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the worst sort of kind of, um, you know, uh, emotional... Um, blackmail uh, that exists. Well, there's certainly one that exists in the world today. I think any any anything where something religious like that, something which cannot be, um, you know, fortifiably proven. Is fortifiably the right word I'm looking for? Uh, bonafide, uh, bonafide. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. If it well, if it cannot be proven, yet they're asking you to send your money to it. Um, you know, if you're, but yeah, basically, if you're being asked to hand money over for something that you cannot hold or touch or see, then you know you literally may as well go to the toilet with your wallet and start pulling the flusher and dropping your money down because it's ridiculous. And the the fact is that there are very sad, desperate kind of people out there who do get taken advantage of. And I always remember the argument of like saying well you know if these people are foolish enough to pay up their money then you know they deserve everything they get but, but i'm it's just, on, it's, just I'm, a, it's just amazing how I'm, sorry, I'm just reading through all this now it's just amazing how uh you know i also watched the uh, the clip on john oliver john oliver's show as well but it's just you know these are people that are using this money to buy private aircraft uh multi-million dollar uh acres of land and uh, you know like swimming pools uh, you know, you uh, shooting, shooting, hunting uh, holidays, and uh, all that stuff. You know, after what happened with Cecil the Lion as well. Like, how 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 good do you feel as a Christian that you might have been giving money to somebody to go on a shoot? Yeah, exactly. You know, and um, I mean, there was the the one I always remember was uh, Peter Popov, who was uh, the evangelicalist or the TV uh, evangelicalist who. Um, was exposed famously by uh, the magician James Randi because he used to do his big sort of arena shows and he would do the thing where he'd hear the voice of God and he'd go up to people and touch them and supposedly heal them and take their tablets off them and throw them away and say, you don't need these anymore, you know, and like get them to throw their crutches. And that guy at one point I think had turned in over $40 million dollars and yeah, was paying out to his wife, to his family, because let, lest, lest we not forget that these large religions pay no taxes, so all of that money goes straight to them, they just put it all where they need it, and Peter Popov was exposed on The Tonight Show, if you get a chance to watch that clip, it's very good, it, he, you know, he is literally exposed there and then, the truth of what he is doing is put out for the world to see really so tell you went- what, uh, just uh, just to uh, put some uh, clarity on it i mean uh, for those who probably won't watch the video is that so if you compare it to Jeremy the blind date episode with Silla black you know when we when we did the tribute where uh, she uh, exposed the cosmopolitan journalist i mean is it that kind of like level like you know this is gripping tv you've got to watch this yeah uh, well it was it was yeah it was 
totally like you know the guy could not have been more you know shown for the fraud that he was i mean just to sort of sum it up he had this big arena thing and he was sort of getting these messages from god and blah 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 and then james randy then went on the tonight show they showed that clip he said now i'd like to show you this again but we have uh, an audio clip which is what our we had um a radio um uh, uh, sort of transmitter thing and uh, and it was picking up on this uh, strange signal and they played the clip again and uh, this guy Peter Popov uh, was being spoken to over uh, the radio by his wife because uh, he had this earpiece in and she was basically um, giving him all the information that he needed, all the names, all the things that were wrong with people, because what people do at things like that is that they have these things called prayer cards at the start, and they'll fill them out, um, or they'll sign up to uh, you know, receive the free magazine that they offer, and then they get all the information from there, and she was just feeding it to him. So basically, everything that he was doing you then had the extra audio track of his wife giving him all the information. And he was completely exposed. He filed for bankruptcy, but is now back up and doing it again. Yeah, and he drives. Oh, yeah, he, he's, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately he's, uh, you know, let's face, let's face it, he he preys upon, you know, at least these two televangelists, you know, who keep going even after they're exposed. They prey on people who are so dejaded from reality that uh, no matter how many Tonight Show exposés they do, no matter how many what watchdogs they do, no matter how many panoramas they do, no matter how many, um, I mean, trying to think of other investigators, no matter how many 60 minutes they do, no matter how many uh, other uh, TV specials that they do, or how many other, you know, even a police investigation, if need be, or an FBI investigation, there will always be people who are so, ex- uh, you know, in, in exposed to this stuff that they will believe that person no matter what. It's almost like a giant cult. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, it's cult mentality. And, uh, these these guys who you know and 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 women as well you know men and women do it um and they will yeah prey on these weak people who as you say no matter what you say they they're they're too terrified to not believe the word of god um you know so they will always side with these people and like you know there's there's been footage of families who have just gone destitute because they've sent all of the money in the hope that they'll be cured or helped and these people do not give a flying fuck about any of the people that they take this money from and to me that is you know if you truly are saying that you're a religious person you know or you know spirituality whatever that is the most anti sort of you know spiritual certainly the most anti-humanist thing that you could do to prey on people like that just so you can have money. I'll tell you what. We've got to have money. Yeah, there it was again. And and that's the perfect perfect place for that to come in (laughs) there. But uh, yeah, um, so... Yeah, any anything that exposes these people, I I agree with what James Randi said once. You know, he says the fact that you know the politicians, you know, need to get a grip and they need to stop things like this going on. Because the the point I was making earlier was the fact that when people say, oh well, if people are stupid enough to give their money over, then that's their fault. I think, well, no, because if you saw a con man conning an old couple out of their money. And you were standing there watching that happening. 
you know, if you saw somebody literally robbing an old couple or, you know, um, a, a couple who... Um, I'm trying to think of an example now. Like, you know, if, if there's tourists yeah, coming what, what to somewhere, you know, basically, basically oh, if, they're, if they're robbing people who don't know that they're being robbed and you turn around and went, well, there's nothing I can do. If they're going to let that happen to themselves, then it's their fault. No, I think you should be, you, you know, you would step in and stop somebody from robbing someone. And these people are robbing so many people on such a massive scale. And they do. They prey on the people who are, uh, you know, vulnerable, who are maybe not as educated, maybe come from the sort of small towns and have the small town mentality. You know, they, they, they don't seem to, you know, it won't work on the enlightened, whether it's enlightened uh, religious people or enlightened atheists, certainly not an enlightened atheist, but like, you know, and you just think like, surely if you say to these people, have you ever seen uh, an evangelicalist, like, have you ever seen them grow somebody's limbs back? You know, have you ever seen them cure a Burns victim? Have you ever seen them do anything like that? No, they don't. They will always make, you know, your back feel a bit less achy. Or the famous one that they do where they make a short leg grow slightly longer. It's all just flim flammery. It so, is, isn't it? And also, know. the ones I really hate is the ones that, uh, you know, they say, oh, this person said they'll never walk again. Well, look, she's running around uh, the uh, the church uh, like uh, there's no thing. It's like, you know, I just look at that thing. Well, you know, someone must have told her that she was going to get better at some point. It's not like, you know, where they might have even given her a diagnosis of like, oh, yeah, you're just going to just have a sprain and you'll be okay yeah. in two weeks. Like, well, you know, I mean, like, oh my God. They've, they've famously, you know, they've used stooges and, um, you know, people who are plants who can, who will, um, you know, be in there to do stuff like that, who will get up and walk. Oh, like, like that, uh, like that. Like, you remember the uh, I don't, you know, Neighbours a couple of years ago, that Life Mechanic storyline? Uh, that they did. I don't know if you watch Neighbours or not, but uh, they did like a uh, one where uh, the one of the characters learned how the uh, life mechanics uh, uh, like uh, conference like worked and stuff like that. And so they'd be like a guy say, you know, like say take like a wad of cash out of his pocket and say, I'm going to pay this amount of money to them because I believe it's worth that much, and that would get everyone else to put in money into it as well. So yeah, uh, yeah so well, like he was like a con man, per, you know, passing on his like con business over to another person, and then eventually he would get bankrupts and stuff. But yeah, uh, like a pyramid yeah. scheme. I mean, there was something else I was thinking about before, and that is that uh, oh, it's just it's just um, uh, out of my mind. You know where uh, what? Uh, you know, I'm sorry to flip this over to Donald Trump. You know, try and talk less of him as possible. But uh, he did actually mention mm-hmm. one thing that I actually do agree with him. And that is that uh, you know he like he, you know, he throws money everywhere at candidates, and then they have to do what they want him to do. So uh, uh, he was talking about how Hillary Clinton had no choice but to appear at his wedding after he donated some money towards her. So uh, I mean. If you think about it, you know, where these televangelists, if they've got enough money now to, like, buy, you know, candidates and buy, uh, you know, whatever politicians they want, and they have no choice but to come to their... uh uh, you know, their like, uh, you know, uh, revivals or their uh, their ceremonies or whatever, their televangelist uh, events. You know, um, what makes you think they're going to have the ability to vote against their interests? Well, uh, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, whoever's got the money has the power, sadly, and, uh, you know, I suppose in maybe what I would say is I would hope that a politician would not be, uh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but would not be lured in by something like that. But, yeah, of course, if, if the, you know, if, if, there, if there's going to be politicians who are bought by people like that, then, yeah, we, you've got a problem. And the other thing as well is that a lot of politicians, particularly in America, um, if they if they come out against anything that's to do with God, 
then you know they'll immediately just be sort of thrown down and rubbished because yeah. you know you can't say anything against God in America. Oh no, you know? and and that's one of the problems of America, I think. You know, amongst many things, but like, yeah. you know, it's have, funny. Like, they, they, you know, these are you know religious wackos. They talk about you know it's like oh you know the, the Muslims are coming with their uh, Sharia and Quran, and it's like uh, you know uh, but you know to uh, you know override our constitution and things like that. Yeah, so at the same time, these crazy evangelicals are turning around saying like you know oh well you know the Bible's stronger than the constitution. Anything that's in the Bible should override the Constitution, and it's like you know, it's uh, it's uh, complete and utter hypocrisy on their end. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, the the, the Constitution. I can't remember whether it is the first or is it the first or second amendment the, that it says about the, a complete separation between church and state. I think I tell you, the yeah. first amendment is uh, freedom of speech, and the second amendment is the right to bear arms. So, uh, oh, you know, right, think, yeah. uh, there is an amendment in there that says that you're not allowed to, uh, you know, you're supposed to have separation of church and state. Yeah, yeah. they, you know, for some strange reason, they had they've had in God we trust on their one dollar bill since the 1960s. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and so many politicians, particularly the Republicans, go on about you know the the glory of God and all of the work and stuff. And I just think balls to that because that's that's not going to help you sort of run a country. It's not going to help people now by saying look at everything's God God's done. Like who gives a fuck about that? You know, let's mm. talk about how we're going to make lives better for a lot of you know the the towns and states that are that are in complete and utter bloody squalor that have turned into oh but my dear boy Harry the mighty God's gonna help us exactly yeah God's oh mighty God but um yeah no I you know I I I very much enjoy uh, John Oliver uh, I think he's he's a, a breath of fresh air like for for the Americans you know and I think that you know his popularity with them um, is uh, can only be a good thing. Yeah, but um, uh, mind you, uh, one reason I did bring up this story because apparently this story has continued, and that is that uh, apparently it sat well with a lot of people, but didn't sit well with others. And uh, so you may not be too surprised that uh, uh, Jennifer LeClaire, who is the director of the, and I quote, Awakening House of Prayer in Florida. <laughs> Uh, right. And her column on, on the Charisma News, uh, very charismatic, uh, yeah. LeClaire said That's that Oliver right. went overboard in his expose, and this is what she said. Uh, that said, we have to be careful not to paint everyone who believes in airplane or sow a seed to get out of debt as a heretic. Yes, uh, uh, Oliver exposed some excesses. Some excesses? It's like, you know, <laughs> the, you know oh, a private airplane uh, being used to go to, like, places like the Bahamas, you know, however all our listeners in the Bahamas, and, uh, yeah. you know, go and all the, uh, you know, all the hunting games that people go on, you know, to, you know, uh, to, um, you know, be absolute hypocrites to uh, say, oh, yeah. thou shall not kill. Yeah. It's like, you know, and yet they're going out to kill animals. animals. It's fine, yeah. Yeah, but it is an animal, you know, fair game. But, you know, uh, in any case, I don't believe that we should mock anybody. Uh, I despise the mocking spirit. Well, you know, why are you watching Last Week Tonight with John Oliver then if you don't like being people being mocked? Like, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. You don't like it, don't watch it. Most so. of our... Com- here's a surprising thing. Most of our comedy is based on mockery. It's like, <laughs> you shouldn't yeah. be watching, like, uh, you know, either comedy shows or, you know, or, you know, these types of shows if you feel like you don't like seeing people getting mocked. Yeah, and as well, you know, I, I've always said this. If If... If uh, if a kind of large religious group can't take being, um, you know, satirized, then that just shows that they're not 
confident in themselves. I think anyone who can't <laughs> Scientology. Laugh at themselves, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyone who can't laugh at themselves <laughs> can't sort of uh you know, they can't hold water, you know. Um and yeah, it's funny how whenever somebody, you know, that I'm sure they'd be quite happy to laugh at mockery against like you say other religions like Islam or uh um I can't think of any of this, uh, Hinduism or uh, Buddhism. But yeah, as soon as you start having to go at their religion, then it's like, oh no, I, I don't, I don't like mockery. It's a, it's a, it's a vile, horrible spirit. The spirit yeah. of mockery. It's I mean, like, well, it's because you know that that you know the guy is completely holding the mirror up to you right now, and what can you do? Yeah, it's like, uh, but mind you, uh, I, I do. And now this is where I have to concede. You know, uh, when we talk about, you know, obviously, you know, Muslims do get a lot of. Uh, lot of flack for all sorts of things aren't necessarily their fault and uh, so you know uh, but when they themselves uh, go around and say oh well we're going to mock these people or you know uh, you know we're going to mock a particular religion and then they say okay then and then in response you know those people say okay then well we're going to have a drop it draw profit muhammad day and then everyone just starts losing their starts losing their shares i right. mean it's like you know that in itself you know it's like uh, you know, all I have to say is that if you if you can't take a joke yourself, then don't don't joke about other other people yourselves. You know, so exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyway, yeah. I'll go on with what uh, she was uh, talking about. Is that uh, Leclerc later said, Oliver, Ed, what could be best described as an expose on preachers like Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, uh, Clay Fodola, uh, Mike Murdoch, and uh, Robert Tilton on the show? Oliver identified the so-called uh, prosperity preachers who believe that God for healing and high end and, and high end airplanes. Uh, if Robert Tilton, Kenneth Copeland, and all these pastors get away with it, uh, we uh, and we can't. Uh, sorry, if Robert Tilton, Kenneth Copeland, and all these pastors can get away with it and be and get stopped, truly we have witnessed uh, an uh, expletive miracle. Uh, Oliver said. Uh, Leclerc says she understands the concern about prosperity preachers. She says uh, that there, there is a plenty of financial abuse in the church. And other abuses as well. Uh, but yeah. some time ago, uh, I was uh, on a television program where one of the other guests promised God would break their gener- generational curses if viewers uh, sowed a significant seed. She said. So in that case, why did you still stay on the show? Yeah, exactly. If yeah. you felt, you know, wouldn't you feel that uh, you know? Let's say, say for example, you know, something. Uh, I was invited onto a show. And I didn't agree with the, um, like, say, for example, that, the, you know, something awful was going on, like some kind of exploitation or something like that. Mm. You know, wouldn't you think that, you know, maybe we, you know, we shouldn't be doing this or, but anyway, I think she went on to say that. So she actually went on stage still and uh, started preaching, even though that happened. Uh, she says, uh, she said that she doesn't endorse manipulative sermons uh, of uh, the sole purpose of uh, ring- ringing pennies, thousands of them out of your pocket. Uh, I see the abuses, but I do believe in the concept. I, but I do believe in the concept of seed faith. I do believe God uh, wants us to uh, prosper and uh, uh, and be in health, uh, even as our soul. Uh, Three John uh, one dot two, whatever that means. Uh, I do believe that supernatural debt cancellation. I do, be- and I don't believe that we should mock so-called prosperity preachers, even if they if they even if they don't believe they hear from God. Nor do I believe that we should initiate uh, God. Cur- God is cursing at them. As Oliver said, uh, uh, so basically it's like, uh, yeah, we shouldn't agree with them, but at the same time, we shouldn't do anything about them at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Which is just like, again, you, you may as well just go put your head down the toilet and just waste your time. Like basically, that. it's appeasement. So basically, yeah. it's like, yeah, you know, it's like uh, that, that, you know, yeah, conning people out of their money is wrong. But, you know, what are you going to do? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. But oh my God. That, and, and that is the point where people should then step in and go, well, I'll tell you what we should do. This is what we should do. You should F off. And, uh, you know, because anyone who says that God can, like, spiritually cancel your debts is just talking out of their arsehole. They really are, aren't they? It's like, you yeah. know, it's, uh, it's, and also it's like, uh, it's, it's manipulation of the highest degree because it's, uh, it's relying on people not being able to know what basically happens on the other side of when you close your eyes and finally disappear from this world. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, and, like, yeah. I always say, you know, anyone. Anyone who can tell anyone who claims they can tell you what happens after you die is either a liar or a fool because there is no possible way that they can know that. I, I tell uh, you what, if I'm on my deathbed and uh, and uh, you know a priest comes up to me and says, "Well, if you, you slip me a you know t- slip me a tenner, I'll put a good word in for making sure you get through the pearly gates of uh, St. Peter." It's like you know, it's like screw you. I pay enough for Netflix and Spotify already. I don't have to pay for my freaking afterlife. Yeah. Like, and and as well, I've always wondered, what does God actually want all of that money for? Like, what does God want your money for? When they say, you know, if you send in your money to God, God, suppose, you know, if if what we believe about, well, not that I believe in God, but like, you know, if what these people believed about God is true, then, you know, the supreme creator of the universe, surely if he needed money, he could just, I don't know, whip it up out of nowhere. I always read George Carlin when he always used to say that, you know, God is the supreme creator. He created everything, the stars, the sky, the sun, the moon, but he needs money. <laughs> I tell, I I tell you what, I, I really money. appreciate it. And uh, also I would, uh, I'm sure a lot, I'm sure a lot of atheists will hate me for saying this, that if, uh, you know, these televangelists all just, uh, you know, were, were just like on the earth today. And then the cloud, you know, they were just like spo- expo- espousing their madness of like saying, you know, give me loads of dough and I'll make sure that like, you get, you, you sure I'll give you a good word in with a good guy. And uh, then the clouds, you know, the, the world, earth just shakes massively. The clouds just, you know, separate together. And this big man with a beard comes upon us and basically says, <laughs> Isn't that cute? But it's wrong! <laughs> uh, yeah it's yeah exactly exactly i've always said that about like jesus like whether you believed in you know whether jesus lived or not you know i, I don't think it's completely beyond the realms of possibility that there was a guy called jesus who existed round about that time who you know might have been an inspirational fella i don't believe he was the son of god but you know he might have you know made a few people think you might have put a few good ideas in in their heads or whatever whether or not he actually actually you know did any of these things and whether or not he went around telling people he did these things i've, I've always thought that you know if you could speak to jesus well, my understanding is one of his uh, main stories was that uh, he went into a temple he went into the temples and saw all the mar- people making money off there and uh, so he overthrew all the uh, all the tables and uh, you know kicked all the marketers out so uh, i guess in a way it was jeremy coben yeah, well, that's it. You know, I, I not, not not to kind of compare Jeremy Corbyn to, to Jesus. Jesus. I, would, yeah, but... I would hate to draw that kind of comparison. <laughs> yeah, but that that seems like you know that seems like a, a pretty human thing to do. There's a temple that's a place for spirituality. You know, there's people in there making money. If he went in and thought this is wrong and he overturned the tables, then yeah, you know, he probably would have, you know got people's attention yeah. but I i'm just joking about t- that by the way just in case anyone, anyone yeah, just in case anyone got a bit funny about yeah. you know, the, the jeremy corbyn yeah, any christians out there things i'm you know comparing jeremy corbyn to jesus it's a joke 
yeah he's exactly like, even I, though he I, does, oh he i've just noticed something like you know maybe you, you don't know because you know uh what uh J- jesus christ uh both his um his first name his last name begin with j and c so yeah, and so does Jeremy yeah, so Corbyn, he, so you know. And he, he does have a beard, you know. All, uh, all we need now is to find out. Oh, the Jeremy beard! Corbyn, yeah, if Jeremy Corbyn <laughs> was a carpenter before he started in, in, in politics. And, and, uh, oh no! Is is upon us again? Oh, but, um, but yeah, I've always said if he took a Bible back and showed it to Jesus, if he read through it, would he be like, "Well, I don't know what this is talking about again"? Isn't that cute? But it's wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah the, the, the yeah these and I, I suppose to, for me to summarize anyone who promises you these things that are not possible in the realms of logic or science and they want money for it that is where your interaction with them should end you should just pat them on the back and send them on their way um, and I believe that we should stand against people like that. I believe that con men should be stood up against, and that um, you know we should we should protect uh, the innocent and the vulnerable. So there yeah. we go. In, in many ways, we're probably more like what Christians are supposed to be than these Christians who are or these quote unquote Christians who are supposedly taking- supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move away from televangelists at the moment. So I think Joe, I think uh, John Oliver's had his fun. So uh, no, no doubt he's got us all talking about it as well. So uh, he's also got this. Uh, he, just to finish off, he has this church now called the was it the Our Ladies of uh, uh, Perpetual Exemption. So uh, he actually found he actually founded his own church with, uh, and he they even even they even did it with um, with the flimsiest of laws as well. So you know, it's like the <laughs> fact that they all meet on Sunday, and you know, just watch just watch the clip from. I've actually got it on my on the Facebook page, so I've just posted it on there. If you get a chance, just watch that uh, uh, that clip of how they managed to find a church with the most flimsiest of laws. And also, mm. there's no definition of how you know, a, like a religious organization as well under the IRS. So it's like you know, you could find find your own church church if you wanted to, as long as you just meet in a private place on uh, on a sunday yeah so your 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 ballet class could be a religion yeah. Like, yeah, exa- you know. yeah exactly yeah well there was the was it the guy in new zealand or australia and he he's a pastafarian and uh and he made that into a religion because he was saying you know he wanted the right to wear a sieve on his head or something like that you know you can make anything into a religion yeah it's just you know, ridiculous it's just then getting the tax breaks yeah <laughs> anyway let's move right away from that yeah let's move away we're, we're running short of time but uh, i mean we'll quickly just go to judge on these things and that is that uh, uh the the latest disney princess has just been uh, revealed and that is that uh, and it's also going to be starring uh, this new film it's called uh, moana uh, which uh, I believe is going to be a. Uh, actually, I'll need to read through this actually because I'm not a chance to, uh, to have a, I've had a flick through. But uh, basically, Disney's finally released official images from its uh, D23 presentation of upcoming animated film Moana, uh, which is based on what we've seen so far. Is the film is beautiful, colourful, fun, and emotional. Basically, everything that Disney flick is meant to be. So uh, it goes to the standard, uh, kind of like Ant Man does. So, but um, presentation which took place uh, featured uh, a lot of people involved in behind the scenes uh, action in in the film, uh, including directors uh, Ron Clements, uh, John Musker, uh, the person who's uh, of uh, Little Mermaid and Aladdin fame, uh, Osnet Shura, who is a Pixar consultant. So he's involved in this uh, project as well, and also uh, the film's music is done by Lynn Morrell Merinder, who is the, uh, the the Tony winner in for the film In the Heights. 
So, uh, and also the uh, Mark Mancina, who did uh, The Lion King, is also going to be involved in this as well. So, uh, oh, it's wow. uh, already looking uh, very promising. Uh, Taki Vaca is performed in a musical number for the film, complete with uh, Polynesian dancers. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, the rock who mm-hmm. voices uh, the demigod Moi uh, in Moana, also makes an appearance, discussing his passion of the project and also a focus on South Pacific culture as well. So, already you've got this film announced, and already you've done it, you've, you know, just by even talking about it, they're actually doing it 100% right. They're bringing in a guy who is of... Uh, Samoan, I believe, of the uh, of, of the culture, if I, I believe, you know, uh, I believe isn't Polynesian, isn't that Samoan? I believe. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm not too sure. I wouldn't want Google to Google is your friend. Yeah. Uh, Polynesian. Oh, sorry, it's um, a subregion of Oceania, made up of thousands of islands scattered across the central and uh, Pacific Ocean. Um, I believe it does include Samoa. I'm not too sure. I think it, Cook Island Society, French Tokelaku. Um, is this uh, is this do Polynesia, uh, Samoa? I think uh, Polynesian Samoa it does uh, comes in. It's uh, yeah. So there is a in in uh, Polynesia there is a the the Samoan Samoan islands are there. So well, uh, yeah, it makes include it makes absolute perfect sense to include the rock because of his Samoan descent. So uh, no doubt he's going to provide some uh, some <laughs> some good stuff for that. So yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it makes sense to me. It's like, you know, and also on top of that, you're bringing in guys who are involved with classics like The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, The Lion King. It's like, you yeah, know... All how... of the, the beauties that we uh, that we grew up with. Uh, yeah. yeah, like you say, it's a, it's a, it sounds so far like uh, it could be uh, a winning combination. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the story of uh, Moana, so uh, if the you know, I'm not too sure about the legend, but obviously Disney makes it up as they go along, so, you know, I don't think we have to worry too much about that. But let me safely say this, if uh, Moana is trained in some way to fight by The Rock, um, we are now going to have to have a duel between Mulan and Moana to see basically who is the toughest. And, uh, yeah, because, exactly. I already yeah. know M- Milan can can kick Elsa's ass. I know, I know, I know that. I know that too well. I don't care how much you guys powers or not. But uh, now yeah. you know we got Mulan, who in the Chinese film was trained by Jackie Chan because Jackie Chan played Captain Shang. And now we've yeah. got Moana, who may who's uh, basically uh, now with the with the Rock playing this demigod, who may or may not train her in in fighting. I do not know. But uh, if that's the case, then if that happens in this film, we are now going to have to wonder who's going to fight, who's going to win out in a fight between Mulan and Moana. So uh, well, that that's going to lead to many, many sort of fan film shorts or fan animated shorts and things. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Mulan was pretty uh, of all of the sort of Disney princesses uh, or uh, the you know the 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 female. Uh, Disney characters, shall we say? Yeah, uh, yeah. She was certainly, you know, she could certainly hold her own. Uh, and like you say, she could probably uh, wipe the ass of, uh, or wipe the floor. Sorry, wipe the ass. <laughs> wipe the ass. <laughs> wrong wording. Wipe the ass. Uh, wipe the floor with the ass of. Uh, the, uh, is it Elsa from? Frozen? Elsa, yeah, Queen Elsa. Because uh, yeah. I mean, I think didn't Mulan didn't she sort of climb a, a, an icy mountain at one point? In well, the film? she so, fought, she fought a lot of Mongolians. Guys, and uh, she, uh, you know, she did, she did all, she did all of that, and all with the uh, uh, where you know women were seen as uh, not equal to men at the time. So where you know, so where she, uh, yeah, I think she, yeah. I think she uh, came uh, came uh, above uh, 
Um, I'm trying to find the word for it. I think uh, she uh, she came up above all obstacles and uh, came out uh, smelling like uh, fresh daisies. So uh, yeah, you know. so yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, I I love the the sort of the concept of uh, Moana already, um, and some of the artwork that they've shown looks looks lovely. Um, yeah, so I mean, mm. like you say, we, there's a nice a nice sort of. Uh, mix of people involved in the sort of creative process. Yeah. Hopefully, it will help get Dis- You know, it'll be a nice Disney film going back to what we all kind of fell in love with Disney for. Yeah, you know, I think the fact age. that they're bringing it in, mind you. Uh, I mean, we might be. I mean, we might be jinxing this uh, pretty much now because we've already built it up so big. Because obviously, you know, I've said before, it's got all these great people in it, and also they got in the Rock. Which uh, you know, also this demigod. I don't know how he's going to be portrayed, but uh, he if he's a big. If he's a big, muscly guy, let me just say, uh, The Rock's got to punch somebody. You know, yeah, like, I'm definitely. desperate to see The Rock kick somebody's... kicks. You know, he's got to kick somebody's ass in this film because, uh, you know, after watching San Andreas and he only ever punches one guy and he just ends with the whole movie just basically saying, run away, there's an earthquake. It's like, you know, uh, yeah. I'm kind of lacking right now my uh, my thirst to see The Rock kick somebody's ass. So, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, that, well, that's got to that's gotta happen. We'll, uh, we'll keep our eye on it, shall we? See yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll play that. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to it already, you know, and uh, we're not even uh, seeing the first frame uh, uh, released yet. No. Um, okay, so uh, with that being said, a lot of people are saying that, you know, this is going to be a challenge for uh, Elsa and uh, Arno, which, uh, you know, I believe, you know, is uh, somewhat legitimate. So uh, the Frozen team have pretty much responded. So uh, I'm just trying to get the. Uh... Oh, dear, my, uh, my, my outlook's just crashed. Um, <laughs> let me just see if I can try and get hold of the. Uh the link again because I was looking at all this stuff before um where's the Frozen 2 link it's not like I'm desperate to watch it to uh, hear about it anyway but uh, yeah that is really strange I just uh, I just tried to open I'll try and open it again but yeah it's like uh, you know for whatever reason Microsoft Word just keeps freezing up, freezing up on me so uh, yeah that's yeah, strange I've tell just, you what I'll I've just, just uh, I'll just so search just for it the link in there I should be able to open it Oh wait, I think I've got it now. So uh, I'm just waiting for it to load. Um, uh, did I send it? No, I think you sent me the. Uh, I think you sent me the Moana link. I sent the Moana one again. Yeah, my bad. We do apologise for these technical difficulties. Uh, we're yes. just trying to uh, figure out what on earth we're talking about. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just. Uh, but yeah, so in a nutshell, uh, Frozen have come back and said that they might be making changes to to the the final thing. I mean, I've still not seen the first Frozen. I will yeah. probably end up seeing it at some point, but I'm not kind of, you know, uh, it's not on my sort of to-do list, yeah. even in but pencil. I'm, basically, moment, I'm going to try and I'm going to try and put this together from memory, but uh, I do believe that. Uh, I mean, some of the things that they, so they're talking about is basically changing the feel of the film, which uh, you know I think uh, is a is is a ballsy thing to do, to be honest with you, because looking at uh, looking back now at Frozen after the, you know after it's lost all its sparkle, I think uh, now it does feel like it was a play it safe kind of film. And uh, you know, for yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what that's what I thought when I saw the trailers for it. You know, and it's just again, it's it's just another. I th- I I think it's the thing that a lot of people seem to give the impression. Not not that people may have said it in so many words, but they seem to give the impression that Frozen was like something 
completely new and revolutionary in the Disney franchise. And it, it, to me, it wasn't. It was the same formula that they've used before with a few slight tweaks. But again, it seemed to be just another sort of film with a lot of songs in there. Some very annoying, catchy songs that have just made it stick in people's heads. Let I think it that's go, prob- let it go. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> we I, I, I can't let it go. <laughs> uh, well, I thankfully never took it up, so I've never had a problem with ever having to let it go, because <laughs> yeah. I've never had it, never had it. Uh, <laughs> but, like, um, I think that's probably what it was. It was just, it had a catchy soundtrack that people remembered. I don't think it was anything sort of you know, it wasn't a pivotal milestone in the Disney franchise. It was, you know, I, I, you got to give credit where credit's due. It was obviously very popular, but um, it's not made me feel the urge to go out and watch it. You know, and I just hope with Moana that we get, you know, a good story. It's probably going to have some of the comic relief in there, but I hope it's not completely. Um, you know, yeah, well, the idea is that uh, I think uh, I mean with, the, with the, what they're going to change with Frozen is that uh, from what I've heard is that now they're going to uh, they're going to ditch the idea of basically Elsa and Anna being uh, kind of like you know uh, somewhat opposites of each other. They're going to have them basically as a team, which you know I think is a good thing. You know, I think yeah. uh, the the I think if they were in Frozen two, I think they were just going to if they were just going to rehash, you know, oh Anna and Elsa, they're both different, and obviously they have conflicts with each other. It's like you know, it's like which sisters do do you know which you know, but that's already been played out. In one film, there's not yeah. really much of a reason to play it out again, you know, just no, for the, exactly. you know, just yeah, for the just sake recycling of recycling the old stuff. Yeah, which I think you know now that they're going to have them basically as a team and kind of working with each other. I mean, that's gonna that in myself, I think, could actually be quite entertaining to watch. I mean, you know, seeing these two sisters kind of like you know face uh, of, of adversity. So uh, and also on top of that, uh, Olaf's going to get a girlfriend, or uh, you know why I have no idea, but uh, apparently that's what the kids want to watch. So uh, you know uh, so. Oh, well, Microsoft Word just told me you can't open the link now, so it's uh, finally done something after all the time we've talked. But, um, yeah, I just think, you know, okay, you know, I'm really glad you're going to go in a different direction. Let's just hope it doesn't suck. Yeah, exactly, so, yeah. You know, for the sake it's, of all uh, the girls who like it, you know, just for the sake, you know, for them. Yeah. <laughs> to say, don't, well, don't make it suck. Yeah, I mean, that's why they call it a gamble. You know, it's like it's either going to improve or it's going to flop. Yeah, so, but isn't that what a film should do anyway? You know, shouldn't it like be made to challenge? You know, I would say movie sequels, not necessarily movies. You know, where on their original premises, but you know, in sequels, shouldn't they be made to challenge themselves in order yeah. to? Because you know, let's face it, you know, uh, what Toy Story Two was a great sequel. You know, I don't know yeah. about anybody else. Toy Story Three was even better, and yeah. uh, also uh, I'm trying to think. Well, well great sequels. I'm, I'm trying to think about now. Terminator Two was a great sequel. You know, I, I like Terminator 2. Yeah, I know there's some people yeah. who say that, you know, oh, well, uh, it kind of lost a bit of its independence and kind of more of its noir and things like that. But hey, it turned out to be a great action film, which I think it needed to, ev- into, to evolve into being. So, you know, you can't really say, you know, Terminator 2 was a bad, se- was a bad sequel. I thought it was a great sequel. Yeah, so. I mean, it's, yeah, exactly. I'm, yeah, like you said, there's a few people who have their problems with it. Um, but yeah, I think it's really good. I mean, I, I, I like the first one. I like, the second one and um yeah i mean it wasn't like terminator 3 
Jesus. But yeah. oh, like, Terminator 3 was atrocious. Or Terminator Genesis. Oh, oh. That, that, oh. I, I refuse <laughs> yeah. to see that. I really do. And uh, even if it comes out on DVD, I'm going to feel very uncomfortable. You know, it, it, someone is really going to have to convince me to watch this film. It is yeah. going to be literally be, you know, we come home one night and uh, we're all just kind of tired out and stuff. And it's like, oh, I've got Terminator Genesis. And I'm just going to be yeah. like, yeah, I'm probably not going to pay attention to it anyway. So I'm only just going to just watch it really until I feel like I need to, I feel like I'm, you know, tired enough to, not ti- as tired enough now to, uh, to drive home. Then, you know, that's literally the only way I'm going to be able to see it. If someone has to actually, you know, makes me so, you know, come back from a, like a, a late at night out and basically it being the only thing that we can do after that, after that late night out, that's the only way I'm going to be able to see it. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, it, I, I don't know whether we talked about this on the, on the Ant-Man show, but like th- there's been some pretty, uh, pretty nasty, uh, releases um, recently that were sort of pit to be like big summer blockbusters. Fantastic um, Four. T- fanta- oh, Fantastic Four. Anything but. Um, do you know what I was tempted to um, do? I was tempted for you know to, like, to say to you, you know, maybe you and I should probably just go watch it for a laugh and just see how bad it actually is. I but, I, I would definitely not pay money to to, to see, see it. it. Yeah. Uh, I might have to kind of see if I can get someone to get me a copy of it. From somewhere, bargain bin. I, I, refu- I refuse to have to pay money to to, to watch it. But I, yeah. a lot of my friends have given me uh, the lowdown on it. Um, I've there was a hilarious post that someone had done where they'd made like a mock script of some of the key scenes from the movie, and uh, it made very funny reading. I didn't even need to see the film after reading those comedy scenes because it just summed up exactly what I imagined when people described it to me i just, I just had to look uh, at the poster and realize it was the most horrible thing i've ever seen you know it was going to be the most horrible thing that ever because you know you saw you know basically i, I really wish i could uh, translate into radio their their facial expressions they look like they were lost you know they didn't look yeah. like they were a team that was ready to kick ass or do anything action so they just kind of look there they look like zombies they really did they look like uh, you know uh, just you know it's like uh, you know we should be extras in twilight zombies I mean, it's like you know, it was just uh, they they looked awful, and yeah. uh, I didn't. They were. The, I knew just looking at the uh, at the poster, let alone the trailer, that there was gonna, there was going to be nothing redeemable from this film at all. So no, no. It, again, it was just you know the 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 film company trying to hold on to the rights for as long as they could, and just churning any old shit out that 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 they could get into they could get done in time yeah i mean wasn't but, this made by 20th century fox this yeah uh, this film yeah. oh my god you know it's like uh there that is just gonna be it isn't it now it's like you know okay if it's not made by marvel studios and it's not made by disney then obviously it's not gonna we know it's not gonna be a good film yeah so uh you know because you know it's, it's fair play to disney you know at least now you know have you noticed that uh marvel films now made under disney no longer have product placements in them that's true. That's true. Yeah, there's there's no um, certainly from what I can remember, um, there's nothing. No, yeah, exactly. There's yeah. no like, the last sort of product thing I can think of was probably in the Amazing Spider-Man, which were again anything but amazing. Well, the uh, Iron Man, the Iron Man films prior to uh, to 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 Disney, you know, acquiring Marvel, they they had product placements in them. I don't think the latest. I think the next Iron Man film is going to have those in them. I don't mm. think so. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong. You know, who knows? I don't know how I don't know how greedy uh, Disney wants to be at this point. But uh, 
I mean, uh, so, yeah, but, uh, I mean, going back to Frozen, I mean, like, I mean, I would say, you know, if they're going to do something ballsy with it, then, okay, I'll give it a chance, but, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, uh, if it's going to just be a rehash of everything we saw in the first film, it's not going to be worth our time. No. But, yeah. Anyway, one last quick thing we'll finish off with, and that is uh, Star Fox Zero. Uh, Nintendo have recently announced the, or recently uh, uh, released the um, character designs for them, and, uh, Oh boy, it's like uh, Fox McCloud is once again looking like Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just like, you know, there was, uh, before the Star Fox, before it was called Star Fox Assault, it was called Star Fox Armada, you know, the uh, the last, you know, major release on the GameCube. And uh, when they first did the ori- original trailers for that, he did look exactly like that. And mm. except he was like all colored red and things like that, and which was, uh, you know, uh, quite you know it was an awful design and thankfully they changed it after a while and made him a bit more you know uh, uh you know approachable not approachable but kind of like uh, you know i guess reasonable i guess in his design in this one he's once again he looks uh they they try and like uh, do out his fur which uh, you know uh looks like um uh, which you know obviously looks you know to them realistic but at the end of the day it just comes out looking like you know like he's a stuffed animal yeah. And, uh, you know, and also they've uh, they've done the same thing with Peppy Hare and Falco and all our beloved 90s characters. But the only person who doesn't have fur is Slippy for obvious reasons. But, uh, yeah, you know, just looking at them, I just, like, think, yeah, they do look like, you know, a mix between the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo 64 designs. But what's the deal with the belts? Yeah, yeah, the, the, the weird sort of triangly, uh, broken Triforce belt things going yeah, on yeah it's like yeah. I, I can understand I, I can understand some of it now where which uh, you know if you see the uh, you know the bottom triangle and if you see that it goes around their leg it actually it looks like it's a gun holster uh, yeah, for yeah, them and stuff that. like that and obviously you can see that uh, Falco and uh, Fox have their uh, like uh, shields from uh, the from the Smash Brothers Brawl games which yeah. uh, Smash Brothers games but uh, you know Pepe has the exact same thing but he doesn't have a gun holster so basically it's just a belt that makes totally no sense yeah, yeah, he's, he's not got anything hanging there from what we can see. Yeah, it's like, you know, uh, he's, uh, so he's got his, like, I think he's, like, got a lab coat on or something like that or something or other, but... Uh, yeah, he. I, I always I always assume that he was uh, a younger one. He looks slightly older in this. He, he was always the older one. He was the he was the member of the original Star Fox team. Oh, right. So he was the one with James McCloud and uh, Pigma Dangar before Pigma betrayed the team and, you know, we all know the rest. Yeah, but right. um, I mean the, um, the so Peppy has the the, uh, the the senior member of the Star Fox team and so they've I think what they're doing is I think they're probably rebooting the I mean they say they're not rebooting it but to me it sounds like a reboot so it's like because uh, once again they're starting they're going off with the you know Fox McCloud has come in to uh, you know save the Lilac system once again which um, you know obviously uh, is uh, a throwback to either the Super Nintendo game or the Nintendo 64 game, which right now is kind of seems to garner towards more the N64. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, which uh, you know uh, okay, I mean it's uh, I mean some people are saying it looks amazing, which uh, you know I'm sure that I mean I'm sure after someone has been without a Star Fox game for a considerably long time, maybe like ten years probably, I think at this stage, I think. I think you can't be blamed for people saying, yeah, this looks amazing. Yeah, okay, it looks uh, a little bad, but yeah, it's amazing still. You know, hey, we're getting a Star Fox Zero game. You know, we can't wait for it to come out, yada, yada, yada. It's going to be made by, uh, you know, uh, oh, what's the name of that uh, company? Uh, I completely forgotten the completely forgotten the name. They, you know, I'm really sorry, but uh, uh, it's, not, it's not Platinum Games, is it? Platinum Games? Is that uh, what they're called? I'm not 
I'm not too if, sure. If, if it's uh, platinum games, then you know it's uh, you know obviously it's they 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 you know have a reputation for making really amazing uh, uh, games and that. And uh, why they didn't announce that during E3, I'm not too sure. But mm. uh, you know, platinum games. Um, yeah, so basically they're getting all into that at the moment, and uh, so yeah, all we can do is at the moment is hope that uh, you know at least the gameplay is going to be good. So, yeah, more than anything. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, hopefully they've got a, a good story to go with that. Mm-hmm. And with that, I think we're done. So yes, uh, indeed. Yeah, uh, we've gone two hours. Would you believe so? Uh, hey, wow. it's good. mind you, after the three weeks we've had, you know, basically we've had what? So we've had two movie reviews and a, a massive update on Hey Arnold the Jungle movie. I think you can't be blamed for us to uh, squeeze in a lot of lot of stuff that we missed out on. So. Yeah, bit of catching up to do. Yeah. So. Uh, Anyway, I'll wrap up the show. Uh, Harry, pleasure of, as always. And uh, yes. yeah, I'll catch you next week. See you next time. Right, see you later, Harry. Bye-bye. Okay. See you guys. This has been the Arrow Meta and Harry Dyer show. It is uh, currently uh, the 23rd of August of 2015. And I want to thank you very much for uh, tuning into the show. Uh, you can find us on mixcloud.com forward slash Arrow Meta, on uh, facebook.com forward slash Arrow Meta show, twitter.com forward slash Arrow Meta show as well. In regards to the podcast and also the liberated syndication uh, feeds as well, you can also find us on podcast directory, Stitcher, Player FM, iTunes. We have gone all over there. And so. Uh, we want to thank you all for the uh, the 1,200 downloads that we've had on on Libsyn and also also uh, also the, all the downloads we had on Mixcloud as well. And uh, we're definitely going to try and get interviews going again. I'm trying my best to uh, see what we can do in regards to that. Hopefully, around about the October time, we'll be uh, fully sorted out. So uh, because uh, in right now, my focus is on uh, uh, currently uh, doing my everyday job, and uh, also I'm going to be going on holiday soon. So I'm currently getting get prepped for that. So for the meantime, I'm currently uh, involved. In those uh, in those areas, but uh, hey, for the uh, thanks for anyway for supporting the show and everything. It's been great, and uh, hopefully, hopefully by the next uh, bunch of thousand downloads, we'll be able to uh, have an update on all the people who are listening to the show. So, my thanks once again uh, on behalf of Harry and also on myself. Thank you very much for checking in out the show, and we will see you next week. And hopefully, we'll either have some more uh, news, 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 entertainment news, uh, sports news, anything like that. Uh, definitely want to catch up on that as well. Um, you'll have to notice that I haven't spoken too much about Manchester United or Preston North End in regards to sports because uh, we had a pretty lousy weekend, to be quite honest with you. So I think we'll just keep that on the quiet. But anyway, uh, finishing on a positive, you know, where we had a lot to talk about. And uh, so it's been been great. Thank you very much for checking out the show. I'll see you next week. Take care and bye-bye for now. Cheers. <laughs>